0: Da, 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 da. Oh, hey everybody, Chris here. Um, this episode of Jalo Chow Chow is going to be a little bit different than usual. Normally, you know, we recommend that you watch the film before listening to us talk about it. Jalo films are way more effective when you don't know who the killer is going in, and it's better to get that big reveal from actually watching the movie than from listening to people talk about it or reading an article about it. Um, but the film that we're covering this time around wicked wicked isn't really a Jalo. the killer's identity is revealed right in the beginning and there aren't really any major spoilers that we are kind of spoiling for you uh, it's an american production released by mgm in 1973 and we decided to cover it because there are obvious giallo influences and this duo vision gimmick Um, that didn't last very long in the industry, makes the film so much fun to watch. Now, because the film was released by a major studio, it's not going to be easy to find on the internet. Um, I've checked YouTube, I've checked some of the other streaming services, and unless you decide to obtain the film through nefarious means, which, by the way, I'm not condemning or condoning, the only way that I've found to get a copy of the film is through Amazon, who currently have it for $15 on DVD. Anyway, if you're interested, I'll put a link in the show notes to that DVD in case you want to purchase it. I really hope that you all enjoy this episode of the podcast and will try to seek out this film because it really is a lot of fun. Anyway, that's it for my preamble. Starting next episode, we'll be going back to our classic Giallo discussion. We'll be returning to the year 1970 and filling in the gaps of some of the films that we did not cover the first time around in volume one of the podcast. So stay tuned for that. It should be a lot of fun. I'm very excited. Anyway, enjoy the show and ciao, ciao, everybody. You thought you could escape You thought you were safe But the Jalo Chow Chow podcast Has returned What have I done to you? What do you want from me? We want you to listen We want you to subscribe And we want you to join our Facebook group Do you know how to do those things? I don't know I don't know anything Well then it seems we have no choice
1: Ciao, everybody, and welcome to Jallo Chow Chow, the all Jallo show, where today we're showing a movie that's not a Jallo.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was going to, when you said the all Jallo show, I was about to say except in yeah. certain well, situations. It
1: kind of could be. Like, you were right with what you were, your, uh, how you described it to me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I think. If they simply changed a oh. few a few minor things about how they we're, showed the, the the guy, it could we're, be a joke.
1: Definitely. We're definitely gonna be talking about minor things that they could have changed.
0: Yeah, 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 right. For sure. But if they just hid the identity of Jason Um because there were enough people in that film that could be suspects.
1: Well, definitely. And especially he was so obvious that I'm like, oh, he's the red herring.
0: Right. (laughs) And then I'm
1: like, oh, shit, he's
0: stabbing that
1: lady. (laughs) He's
0: just a killer, yeah, exactly.
1: I was like, oh, that's...
0: Hmm." And we're not giving anything away because, again, um, in this particular film, they identify who the murderer is within the first few minutes. Um, And that's really not why the film is... Include it. it, That's really not why we're. I I decided that I thought we should talk about this one because I think there's so many other things about it that are interesting and worth talking about.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I noticed that, um, Justin Kurzweil, I think, uh, uh, wrote up a little thing on Wicked Wicked for his Hysteria Lives blog. Oh,
1: Um,
0: yeah. So I was interested in reading that really quickly. Um, and I also, and I know we're. You know, we're jumping in the film right away. I also, as I got done watching it for this particular time, I just finished watching it about a half hour ago. As I finished watching it, I noticed that I think there's two versions, and it, the difference between the versions is minor, but I think there was some additional gore or violence that isn't in the version that you and I just watched.
1: Are you joking me
0: but I could be wrong. I just have this memory because I saw it in a movie theater. I have this memory of the, the final impale scene being longer, um, and like there was, you know. Well, yeah, was,
1: they don't show it. They just show a lot of the falling,
0: right, and
1: then the aftermath.
0: And there's something and they about they barely
1: show that
0: actually. And there's. There's something about at the end when both of the cops and they have that standoff, apparently he throws a severed head at one of the cops. And that was not in the version I watched. So huh. um, I have to go back because I have the version. So, so for for those of you who have not seen the film and I don't um, blame you, if, you have, <laughs> if I have if you haven't seen the film, because not only is it very obscure. But it's hard to find. Um, There's no YouTube of it. Um, And the only thing I could find other than a pirated copy from Cinemageddon, which is where I got mine, was uh, Amazon has a DVD that they sell for 15 bucks. And I don't know what the quality of that is. I don't know if that's some sort of, you know, uh, fan dub DVR that got turned into... Something and they don't realize that they're selling it on Amazon. I don't even know. Well, but. I don't
1: know. It's an MGM.
0: That's what yeah.
1: blew my mind about it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a legit, like, studio made the movie. Right. Like, yeah. I thought maybe it might have just been distributed by him, but it looks like they actually made the film.
0: Right. Yes, they they absolutely did. And I think they had a, a, a million and a half dollar budget for this film.
1: Jesus Christ. Well, the guy shot like four
0: different movies. <laughs> exactly. So That's fucking true. hell. <laughs> <clears throat> but all right, we, before we yeah. get to, to all of that, um I guess, you know, these these podcasts when I go back and listen to them later like a couple 2 or 3 4 years later, they have a little bit of a time capsule aspect to them. And for for this episode, I think it's important that we quickly at least quickly mentioned that um, the West coast has been on fire for like a month. Yeah. Uh, and I just wanted your perspective because you're very close to it all. Like what's going on over there right now?
1: Um, it's actually right now. Let me look out the back. Okay. Today it's kind of windy, but um, if I look towards the highway, I can actually see the mountains and the hills and stuff. Okay. If I look towards where the fire is, um,
0: yeah.
1: e- I can see all the hills except the last one. Right. And <clears throat> that hill is like where big bear is. Okay. And right now um, the fire is six miles from big bear.
0: Okay, is it heading towards you guys or away from you guys?
1: It's kind of heading towards, but the way the mountains are, there is like a path of least resistance. Right. So it's, instead of spreading, which way would this be? This is north, right, babe? Mm-hmm. Okay, so instead of coming north, the fire's going east and west. Oh, okay. Because it's easier to get that way, I guess, instead of going up the mountain. Right. So, um, but every day today has, there's probably been today and one other day where like, we're not smelling smoke to the point where it's like almost like hard to breathe. Yeah. Like it's been really smoky to where you can't see shit. Mm. Um, and up in Big Bear, and actually all over Southern California, because, like, I talked to different family members, like, it's, like, snowing ash everywhere. Mm, um, wow. Like, all the way down to the beach. So um, it's kind of scary, and um, there's been a couple times when I got really – worried because my kid's up in Big Bear right now. So like I get like really nervous about like (sighs) do I just go like grab her kicking and screaming and make her come down.
0: Yeah.
1: And just say tough shit. I don't want you to fucking burn to death, you know? Yeah. Right. But um actually I'm doing that tomorrow. So (laughs) it worked out. But no, it's been kind of scary. Um I don't know. will will,
0: Will she be kicking and screaming tomorrow or She's ready to come back.
1: Probably when she gets down here and realizes it's almost 100 degrees still, she'll Mm. be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, why'd you bring me here? (laughs) Yeah, and I'll say, ah, shit, I don't know. But, like, um, Northern California is really bad, and, like, Portland and Oregon is fucking horrendous right now. Yeah. So, um, just the whole thing's fucking crazy.
0: But, I mean, like, you guys are... You mentioned Big Bear. How far away from Big Bear are you? Are you uh, south of there?
1: We're actually north, but okay. we're in because the way um, like Southern California is set up, you have like if you're coming from like Vegas, let's say. Right, you're, you're driving down the 15 and everything, and then you go through like Death Valley and all that shit, and then you hit the high desert, which is about um, three to four thousand feet elevation wise. Right, and then you hit the mountains, and those go to about nine thousand feet, wow. and then you just drop down um, into which is basically still a desert, but it's all been built up. But you have, like, the Inland Empire and then Orange County and L.A. County. Okay. Um. So, and the elevation just gets lower and lower until you're I at see. sea level. But, gotcha. um, so, like, right now we're, I don't know. Because, like, if you do the as the crow flies thing, mm-hmm. we're probably, like, 10 miles from Big Bear. Okay. But um it would take me, like, 40 minutes to get up to there
0: to drive. Right. Me. Because of the way the roads are. Sure. Yeah.
1: And with the way the fire is right now, like, um, it's like six miles away. But the fire's going to have to, like, climb all the way down and then all the way back up. Right. To get to where. And actually, Big Bear's only, like, at 7,000 feet. So it, the fire would have to climb up 9,000 feet and then head back down from where the fire is compared to where Big Bear is.
0: Okay. Gotcha. So,
1: like, it's just, like, the whole thing's weird. Um, like, when you look at it on a map, because they have those, like, fire maps to show you, like, the spread of the fire.
0: Right.
1: Like, when you look at that, it's fucking terrifying. Because it looks like it's right fucking next to you. Ooh. Yeah. But there's, like, hills and shit in between. So, Ooh. Um, but just the fact that today I don't feel like I'm breathing in a chimney. Yeah. Like, I'm so so fucking happy. Like you have no idea. Like (laughs) right, because it's so fucking hot. We have to leave the doors and the windows open all the fucking time. Yeah. So it's like we're just breathing, like burning. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. Fucking. Yeah. yeah. That's not. So anyway. Yeah. And and I mean, this obviously isn't the same fire everywhere. I mean.
1: Yeah. Like I think the one near us is the El Dorado fire.
0: Yeah, that's the one I see. Which, yeah. wh- now, which one is the one that supposedly was started by a gender reveal party? Because that's what that, I
1: keep that, on the news. El Dorado.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Which, check this out. If you want to hear a funny story, I didn't understand what that was. I thought, <laughs> I thought that was like a group of teenagers going out... And like dropping their pants because <laughs> they're so asexual looking, you can't tell what they are. And it was like them going like, Woohoo, I'm a boy or I'm a girl. And um <laughs> so and when Zoe first said it, I thought, even though I heard gender, I thought genital.
0: Okay. Wait. And I'm like, a genital party. Genital reveal party. Yeah, I'm like, this is like fucking. Sleepaway, weird. Like, sleepaway camp. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: like, what the fuck is that? And then, like, the more Zoe was talking about it, it was just like, oh, let's find out if we're having a boy or a girl. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I was way off. So I'm <laughs> glad I didn't get invited to that party because, like, it would have been a very. You would
0: have different... brought the wrong gift for sure.
1: Well, I don't think I would have brought a gift. I would have, I would have shown my gift. Right. woo And then everyone would be like, what the fuck is that guy doing here? So,
0: yeah. Oh, my God, dude. All right, well, listen. I mean, you know, I'm sure all of us in the Jalo Chow Chow universe are, you know, concerned about you and making, you know, hoping that everything dies down.
1: And, yeah. uh I'm not. I'm. I. I would just rather everyone wear masks, still. Right. And not worry about the fires. The fires will burn and do whatever they do. But yeah. Uh, just everyone wear masks
0: and don't go anywhere. And. Yeah, now you have two reasons not to go anywhere unless the fire comes towards you. So. Yeah. <sighs> Jeez. But that's why we do this podcast to kind of you know, try to escape from it all for a little bit. So, um,
1: In duo vision.
0: In duo vision, exactly. Now, (laughs) the Chow Chow... Facebook group continues, like I, you know, just continues to grow and grow and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm getting, you know, at least one or two new member requests every day.
1: I think I got two today. Oh, good. So, but like, here's the thing like, I'm not going online very often. Right. Um, right now, just with, and when I do, it's to find out shit that's going on. Um, so, like, what kind of, um, noises on the on the page like what kind of um are there any questions are there comments are there um hey matt you suck a fat dick like (laughs) is there anything going on on there
0: well it's really interesting that you bring that up simply because people aren't really doing a lot of talk amongst yourselves stuff on our page um that we, we had a couple of uh, new um, members who were posting some things. Sometimes it's just, hey, thanks for adding me to your group. Um, sometimes it's just um, a little call out to either a blog uh, or another group, just kind of promoting their group. Um, and then we've got Michael Logan, who is one of our newer okay. members. Who Yeah, remember that discussion okay. we had about... Um, how to watch, like in what yeah. sequence? Like yeah, that was, that was his question.
1: Okay, and I still think like we should. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I don't. know. Okay, all
0: right. So yeah, I mean, he posts every once in a while, but it's it's interesting <laughs> because uh, I think a lot of the people um, would probably would probably get more into having conversations if you either you or I started them. Um, like
1: if, like if we actually tried to promote our podcast and like like gave two shits about it is what you're saying
0: well i mean you know look when when, (laughs) when i'm a when we're about to record i'll post and when when things when the new one comes out i'll post and that's about most of what i do yeah um
1: actually i don't even think i got the notification that the third episode went up oh okay so that, that I See, my problem is, is when I get on Facebook, I, I want Facebook to be a place Ugh. that is nice for me. Like, yeah, that is sucks. a place of, like, <clears throat> I pretty much decided that, like, being on Facebook itself is a shit fuck thing that you should never fucking engage in. Right. But, but the groups that you could become a part of, those are enjoyable. Right. And it's like... I don't know if there's a way, if there is, like, someone just say, yeah, you dumbass, there's a way to do this. But if there's (laughs) a way that when I log on to Facebook, it takes me to my group page, so I don't have to see a single fucking post from someone who I don't give two shits about, talking about shit that I don't give two shits about, or, like, going live to tell me that, like, they tied their shoe today, and... Um, they hate people and are going to start deleting people from their Facebook
0: pages. (laughs) Um,
1: like I'm just, I'm so fucking tired of it, dude.
0: Well, there is, there is an app for Facebook groups.
1: Ah, I think I do have that app or I had it at one point.
0: So you can stay off the browser page and just use the Facebook groups app and that, that might solve your problem. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Facebook is this necessary evil that is in our Especially lives.
1: Especially right now for the next couple months. It's gonna be Well it,
0: it's it's hard for me too because um Because of Blue Chew. Both of my Yeah, right. It's hard for me because of Blue Chew, exactly. <laughs> uh, even on an empty stomach. Um or a full stomach. Which one which one is it? On a full stomach?
1: Yeah, dude. So it, it works
0: is. on a full stomach, that's right. Media. Um, But both of my kids, um, their schools organize through Facebook groups. Uh, I've got to be on for that. And I have this complaint about all of the social media apps right now. And I understand that it's the only way that they make money and they're never going to do this. But with TikTok and with Instagram and with everything else, there is a way to look at just the things that you are following And then there's another way to look at the things that they suggest that you might like.
1: I absolutely hate that.
0: Right. And the thing is, if there was just an easy way to toggle that part of the app, and I'm specifically talking about TikTok now because both my kids use it and the people that they follow, I approve and it's fine. But sometimes they will be on the For You page of TikTok and they'll they'll get something (laughs) That isn't really appropriate for them. Yeah. If, the, if there was just a way for the app developers to say, in settings, turn off the For You page um, and let me decide. It'll what never on. happen. It'll never happen because that's where they make all their money.
1: Yeah, so. like I was on Instagram a lot because right. I'm like, okay, this is the least offensive thing I could look at. Just a bunch of pictures of stuff. No yeah. one's really saying anything Exactly. I could just heart a picture and move on with my day. But now it's like every other picture is like an ad for something. Yeah. And they set it up to where you don't know it's an ad. <laughs> if we start down this road, dude, there ain't no coming
0: back. And, <laughs> um, You're, probably uh, right. You're probably right. Probably right. And now here we are with the top three, uh, and I, I guess it's my turn this week. And I gave top it some thought. Three. <laughs> I gave it some thought. I had a different couple of different um, topics, and I ended up with my top three potato chip types flavors. And 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 the distinction needs to be made that we're also including the brand. So, I'm not just going to say barbecue, right? It's going to be something specific. Um, because
1: my... some barbecue chips are not good.
0: Right, and so exactly. like exactly, and, and exactly. So you know, you might have a a barbecue chip with uh, ridges, one that's flat. You might have one um, that's kettle cooked. You know, so anyway, this is all I could come up with, and it's because I was. In the store looking at potato chips. I said, oh, <laughs> so I don't know. We So this is a very localized d- discussion as well. I remember last week we talked about fast food. Uh, or last episode we talked about fast food. And yeah. some of the places that we were talking about they don't have in the East Coast. Um, and I don't know if all the potato chip types and flavors and brands I'm going to bring up are are you know, nationwide. Like, do well, you guys there's, have...
1: there's an episode of the office where Jim is going to get um, the other girl he ends up with for a little bit. I can't remember her name. Oh yeah. She, mm-hmm. she wants hers potato chips or something. Hers.
0: Like that. Exactly. Have you ever seen I've those?
1: Never heard of that before. Okay.
0: So hers is a Pennsylvania um, company and, um, I think there's a place where you can go and actually go get a tour of, and it's not that far from me. Um, I think my kids might have even gone like for a camp trip or something, the <laughs> potato chip factory. Um, but yes, hers is definitely on my list. So if you guys, oh that's awesome. If you guys do not know about hers other than from the office, this isn't going to be. Helpful because you have to come to Pennsylvania to get it. But
1: which is weird because they were in Stanford when she
0: asked for the chips. Right. Well Stanford isn't that far, I guess. Oh, from, okay. From where they are. Which is Connecticut. Actually. Oh that's yeah, that's Boston. true. That's that's right. They weren't in Scranton, they were in Stanford. That's right.
1: And that's also the home of the WWE. Hmm. Stanford? Stanford, Connecticut.
0: Huh. The current home?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh. Okay. That's like if I go to Stanford, Connecticut, and walk into a building, somebody will jump off the third turnbuckle. And
1: no, you have to him. go to you have to go to Titan Tower. Okay. And make sure no one's throwing Rey Mysterio off the roof. Okay. That's, that's good. And good I heard advice. they have a very good um, kitchen there, like their um, commissary ish area. Is quite delectable.
0: Okay, would be an odd thing that they would be known for, but okay, why not?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so um, okay, First so my chips. so my top three potato chips. Number three coming in at number three, um, and this is um, this is a potato chip that if I'm in a store and some of the more obscure flavors or brands are not available like a typical drugstore. i don't know if you guys have cvs cvs in, yeah. uh, in california yeah. Yeah. um this is the one that i'll grab because i don't want to spend time looking through all the stuff like i know this is a, a an easy win uh even though it's common and it is ruffles cheese uh, cheddar and sour cream
1: okay all right
0: so, so solid, um,
1: solid pick
0: solid pick i, I yeah. like those a lot they're Good flavor. Now my number two, actually, you know what? We're gonna have to make this four. I don't know. Russell's <laughs> ruffles. All right, so maybe we'll this, do. This all is right.
1: just too difficult.
0: Let's just make ruffles cheddar and sour cream an honorable mention, and we start with that one at the at, okay. the, at the beginning. All, all right, right. So number three is the kettle brand. Do you guys have the kettle brand out there? We do we do? Okay. So I love the kettle brand, and my three favorite flavors from the kettle brand are the dill pickle uh the jalapeno and the salt and vinegar so
1: i'll try to do and the jalapeno my only problem with kettle is that out of like kettle cooked chips they're yeah. like the hardest chips mm-hmm. they're like biting into small bricks
0: yeah especially if they're like layered like they're already crunchy as it is yeah. and then you get a chip that kind of scrunches up and it's not just a flat one layer um those really get super crunchy Um, and there are a lot of like boutique quote unquote style kettle chips, um, that I've had in the past, but this quote unquote kettle brand is the one that I see all the time. Um, and yeah, salt and vinegar, um, jalapeno or dill. If I had to pick one, I'd probably go with jalapeno because
1: really, are those good?
0: I could eat jalapeno chips all day long. They're just, they're one of my favorite flavors of chips and kettle Uh. makes it good good brand so i'm
1: gonna i'm gonna have to try it
0: they also have like a wasabi ranch which is really good but it didn't make my list so but it's worth looking it's worth looking for i think there's a buffalo wing one there's a cheddar beer flavor
1: their hickory barbecue is decent
0: yeah yep and their 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 standard sour cream and onion is very good as well so that's number three because ruffles cheddar and sour cream is four actually or honorable mention then we're getting back to hers. Uh, so, yes, hers, I've had just about every flavor of hers they have. They have salt and pepper chips. They have salt and vinegar okay. chips. They have um, uh, they have ketchup-flavored chips. They have dill-flavored chips. Um, but my favorite ones are the Old Bay flavor, um, which is like, I don't know if you ever had Old Bay flavor. It's like crab it's like a crab flavor. It's like what they no call. No
1: fucking way.
0: Yeah, have you ever heard? Are you heard serious? Of no. no. Old Bay. Old Bay potato chips. Yep. Huh. And there's there's a bunch of different companies that make an Old Bay chip flavor. It's not just hers, but uh, I like hers the best. It's really good. But by the time you get to the bottom of the bag, your mouth is numb from all the pepper. And yeah. It's like, but it's great. It's a great you know place to be
1: yeah i mean (laughs) when you get crabs from hers you know
0: (laughs) exactly i got her crabs Um, (laughs) uh, okay so number so number one this is going to be even more obscure this is definitely maybe only pennsylvania i don't even know so there is a hoagie you guys know what hoagies are out west the sandwiches heroes
1: yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. grinders whatever we call them hoagies around here or we say hoagies um there's a a a hoagie chain and i don't know how national it is called primo p-r-i-m-o primo and they make really amazing hoagies uh their bread is unbelievable they'll slice everything to order there's nothing like you know, frozen and then defrosted at the beginning of the day and and that sort of thing. Well, Primo, within the last, I'm going to say year, decided to make their own potato chips and they are ruffled potato chips, and the flavor is Italian hoagie potato chips, and Whoa. they're amazing. Um, and they, you know, if you're if you're familiar with an Italian hoagie. It's the combination of the the meat flavors along with the vinegar and the oregano that goes along with kind of like the condiments on the hoagie. And that's what these chips taste like. It's, it's unbelievable. It's really, really good. Um, typically, when I go to get a primo hoagie, I will get a bag of their chips to go with it. And they don't sell like small ones, like for an individual meal. They only sell big ones. And so, I'll open the bag on the drive back, you know, from getting the hoagie. Like I can't even wait until yeah. I get home. Bag's and, gone by the time you get it. And it's not even a, a half a mile between my house and the place. You know, you'd think I would be able to just like pop a mint in my mouth for for ninety seconds so that I wouldn't open the bag? But it never works. It never happens. So, um. I hope everybody can relate to my top three because if these are these are very uh, I guess localized brands, but um, if you're if you're anywhere near the Pennsylvania area and you see a Primo Hoagies store, um, oh my
1: god, I want a sandwich so bad right
0: now. Go in and get the chips as well. We actually have like three really good hoagie chains in our area. Actually, wow, yeah, like that, um, so that's it. Um, Man,
1: I'm overly jealous. Like I've never seen old Bay as Mm. a flavor and I've never seen Italian hoagie as a
0: flavor. I'll have to send some to you.
1: Oh my gosh, man. That sounds amazing.
0: Like a little, a little, uh, a little, um, wildfire care package.
1: Yeah. With like a little bit of like fire retardant (laughs) and some chips.
0: Um, have you had,
1: do you have Cape Cod
0: chips? Yeah, yeah, we do. We have that brand up here.
1: Yeah, um good. for a long time we were getting the salt and vinegar Cape Cods. And Those that are was really kind of yeah, it's just like they make your mouth water, man.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. The funny part is we ended on an Italian chip and now we're going to talk about an American movie, which is kind of funny. So uh, I guess I'll introduce the film uh, in a formal sense. This is... Are you going
1: to play any of the music
0: the from music this? Is, I love the music from this movie. Oh. Uh, so uh, bad, dude. Uh, wicked, wicked. Take me to the water. The bubbles are right my, my body. Lead me to the water
1: and I'll jump right in. Make sure it's warm and bubbly Soft against my skin Don't treat me like a lady Cause that's not what I am Ain't no kind of lady Forever satisfied Oh man Wicked, wicked That's the ticket you got to make me feel so wicked make me do what i love to do may wicked wicked love to you. you want to dress me with your smile it's like you know the chick that sings all the songs from uh, uh, the uh <laughs> like, from the chick from uh girl meets pajamas yes Okay, like that chick had like that crazy, like ridiculous voice, but it was like on key. Yes. This chick sounds like she's trying to sound like a mix between her and Grace Slick and just comes out sounding like some dude. Yes.
0: Uh,
1: uh, like that's how all the songs sound. It's just like, what the fuck is happening right now?
0: <laughs> Be yep. myself. Be- I
1: be myself. I I fuck
0: myself. Uh,
1: It's just like it's so awkward.
0: Well, and and you know the the funny part is if that wasn't bad enough, on top of that, um, the 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 times in the film where you know this this um, what the hell's her name
1: Lisa Jones and the. Leaves of Grass.
0: The Leaves of Grass. Yes, I wrote that down. That's a great name for a band, The Leaves of Grass. But her name is um, something Bowling. I think her name is. Oh
1: yeah, her real name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: and um, but every you know, you know the the backstory with this film is that this was supposed to be a showcase for her, you know, vocal talents, right? Good
1: fucking god, who was she banging at MGM? I don't
0: don't know, man, because she's pretty hot too that's
1: funny it's just thing. funny because like if you like look her up like the first like oh uh singer and actress duh, 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 duh. and i'm like no yeah right no well she's
0: a playboy too so
1: uh, a playboy spread that's probably why all these girls look so familiar
0: yeah yeah, okay. Well, but what I was going to say is, when they did the the couple of scenes where she was on stage performing, and this was supposed to be the the whole reason for her being in it, like to showcase, they didn't edit it well enough, and a lot of times the vocals are like a half a step behind the band or vice versa, and they're not in sync with each other.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's, just,
0: it's even worse because,
1: yeah. and, the... and then just like with every other time you watch a fake band on a movie, the drummer is doing something that he's not supposed to be doing <laughs> right. while the music's playing, and it just pulls me out of everything. Did Every see... fucking time.
0: Dude. I saw that, too. Did you see the scene where he, like, <sighs> turns to the guy on his left and starts talking or smiling at him or something?
1: And he's still, like, in the middle of a fill or something? like Yeah, that. yeah. Dude, I was just like, <laughs> get Perry Como off the fucking stage. <laughs> like, this is awful. Like... What? Don't now, show the fucking drummer. Like everyone knows what beat sounds like. Like even they never played drums before. They know when you bring your arm down, it's gonna hit something. Yeah, right. If your arms up in the air, it shouldn't <laughs> be making noise. Right. <laughs> God, I just got mad. Okay.
0: Well, okay. Bring, bring well, do up. you do you think they pump the? the recorded soundtrack in for her to like lip sync to. And then the band was just there to make it look like they were playing or were they actually playing?
1: I have no idea because if that's the case, then the, like, why is she like jumping ahead of the music?
0: Right. Well, I, I I think that her vocals were, were dubbed in like were overdubbed in like from a studio and it wasn't a live recording from the stage. Well, it
1: couldn't have, it couldn't have been because like there was one point where the microphone was like like down by your tits and she was still singing. Yeah, yeah. It, like there wasn't any difference in it the hadn't
0: changed at all. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's just like and like there's so much to, to like build this movie up and we're sitting here talking about this music. But it's like first off let's <laughs> let's stick with the band like She has two songs. She has Wicked Wicked and she has like... Be um, Myself. Be Myself. Right. And they play these songs over and fucking over and (laughs) fucking over again. And then you see her perform them like three times. Yeah. And then at this one point she runs off the stage and I'm like, God, she only sings one song a night and she's packing (laughs) the house like that. And (laughs) then her manager's like, you got to get out there. You got another number. And I'm like, yeah, she only
0: has two. She, she got to hit both of them. <laughs> you got to go back and at least take a bow, he says. Yeah, you got to do Wicked Wicked. What the fuck are we doing here? Well, I like the uh, instrumental uh, Hammond organ or church organ version of Wicked Wicked that Uh-oh. they play at the very beginning. And so we'll stay on the music for another moment, because again, I think that they spent a lot of time on this, and I think there was probably some clause in Miss Bowling's contract that said, you know, you need to feature my my music a little bit more or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'm a child of the 80s, so every time the Wicked Wicked song gets stuck in my head, I immediately... It immediately morphs into uh, Separate Ways by Journey. I don't know if you know that song.
1: No, but the other song she does, I keep singing I uh, Touch Myself to the, the divine. <laughs> What What's it called again? I'm Alone?
0: Which The one I brought up or the one you were, oh, oh the Be Myself tune?
1: Be Myself. God, yeah. why do I keep saying Touch Myself? Oh, well, it yeah. kind of sounds a lot.
0: Like, oh, like the divinals is that, is that i'll it? be myself <laughs> oh my god but dude She's there's horrendous. a did you ever hear that song where by journey that goes and day in love will find you break those chains that bind you you know that tune
1: is there a bit of a doot, 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 doot,
0: yeah there's like, a weird keyboard yeah. thing at the yeah, beginning. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the same chord progression and the same melody. So like my brain already goes there. So I'm always I'm like, What song is that? And this came before it. So I mean, you know, it's not like Journey. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah.
1: So like the guys from Journey like went to the movies one night and then they like went home, had a beer and like, dude, I got this idea for a song. Listen.
0: Yeah, but then they didn't write it for ten more years. Cause it came out in the mid eighties. Wow.
1: They might have written it, but it wasn't a very good song. <laughs> so they put it in their back
0: pocket it was on the shelf.
1: Yeah, and oh. then when they realized that everything else they were writing was shit, they're like, "Hey, remember that one song we wrote that goes
0: beep beep beep
1: beep? <laughs> Let's bring that
0: back." <laughs> oh jeez. Well, anyway, the the movie's called Wicked. <laughs> Wicked It was released in 1973. Directed by Richard Bear, written by Richard Bear, Dick um, Bear, Bear um, Dick, <laughs> Bear Dick. Um, and I don't know about you, but it it's like everyone in the film looks vaguely familiar. Yeah, but you don't know any of them. So,
1: well, y- yeah, like it was weird. I went like after we were talking, I looked up everybody.
0: Okay, Did you do that too. I tried to. But
1: okay, I was so. One of the guys that like caught my attention right off the bat was one of the bellhops. He's in one scene, right? He ends up being the principal, um, at Sunnydale High on Buffy. Okay, and he was the Ferengi in Star Trek Next Generation, yeah, like what, the big ear thing, forehead deal. Mm-hmm. And he was the one going, um, what was the main guy's last name? Uh... Rick Stewart. The, Mr. Stewart. Yeah. Mr. Stewart. That guy running all over looking for Mr. Stewart.
0: Well, is this, wait, is this the same guy who takes the first victim to her room no. and asks for a tip? It's, well, that's the not...
1: own, it's the only bit he, this guy's in. He's just, he like, they're like paging Mr. Stewart. And he's running oh. all over the place. And then he goes to the front desk and he's like, I can't find Mr. Stewart. Gotcha. And um, so that was that dude. And then there was another guy, and you figured out who he was. Like, I I remember him from the early 80s. He's
0: uncredited.
1: Now that you showed me the picture from him in the mid-90s, I can't remember what he looks like normally.
0: His name is Ian Abercrombie, and he he plays... um, Mr. in in, In... yeah, he plays Mr. Pitt in Seinfeld, but in the in Wicked, Wicked, he's the guy who answers the room service telephone in the beginning, and where where the killer orders uh, prime rib. Yeah. Um, but if you look if you look at his resume, he was in a thousand different TV shows and only was was only in say four or less episodes per. So.
1: And that's only the shit that's actually credited.
0: Right. So
1: he's probably been in three times as many things as IMDb says he has been. That dude's a fucking workhorse.
0: Now it says he was in Twin Peaks. Somebody That's named Tom Brockman from Tin- Twin Peaks. I don't know who Tom Brockman is.
1: I wonder if that which was character. Was that the new Twin Peaks?
0: No, I think the old one. It said 1990. Oh, Tom Brock. Oh yeah! Look at that. I see a picture of him right now. It's him standing with. Um, oh man, I don't know the Twin Peaks characters' names anymore.
1: Cooper um, Truman.
0: No, it, it was the uh, the the biker dude, um, who drove the truck. Uh, Leo, his okay, his, Leo. his wife. Uh huh. His wife. His name is. Like she was one of the hotties on the on the original yeah, show. Yeah, she
1: was Shelley.
0: Shelley, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a picture. I think at one point Shelley went to work for the Great Northern. Okay. And there's a picture of her standing next to this guy. Ian uh, oh, so
1: he was probably like her supervisor.
0: Could have been, some yeah.
1: Crap. Okay.
0: Yeah. So that I mean that's that's it, it, to give everybody listening here an idea of this movie if you haven't seen it yet or you yeah. aren't, <laughs> aren't planning to. Oh um, God. It's that's kind of the way the movie is because everybody you look at in the film, you're like, they look like they were on Gilligan's Island or or facts of Life um, or My Day or at Happy Days and.
1: Well, yeah, because what's his name was uh the older brother on Happy Days, right?
0: The killer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but how that, many seasons did they have the older brother?
1: Not many, and I don't even think he was on a full season. Like, it was just, like, a couple episodes here and there.
0: Because normally, I mean, what I remember from Happy Days was Joni, and then, was it, was it, um... Joni,
1: Chachi, Mouth.
0: No, who was the older brother? Who was Joni's older brother? Was it Richie? Richie.
1: Yeah. Hey, Richie! It was
0: another older brother.
1: He was the other older brother.
0: And that's the guy we're talking about. Yeah. The guy who played Jason in this movie. Yeah. So the big gimmick with this movie for people, and this is one of the reasons why I highly recommend um, seeking it out and watching it's it at least worth once. worth
1: the watch just because of the gimmick.
0: Yeah, absolutely. 100%. They, you know, they filmed the movie twice. And they really, I, I was really impressed with how much they were creative with how they told the story with two different shots. Yeah. I think there's a Brian De Palma film where this happens, and I think that was where the inspiration came from. But I don't know what film that that is. Um, but it was Bloody like Devil? You know, maybe or something called Sisters. Maybe was that a
1: Sisters? The whole movie wasn't like that, though.
0: Was no, it? I think it was just there was a Switchblade like, Sisters. There was a couple of scenes there, where they did the dual screen, and they well, took he, the, he he, the he does in. that
1: he does that in Carrie. He right. does that in. Um, didn't he do it? Didn't he do Dress to Kill? Didn't he do yeah. that in that? Yeah.
0: I think so. Yeah. So they decided to make an entire movie like this, and one of the pieces of trivia that I found, um, if I can find it again, I guess I can't, was that when they got to the editing, and I just wanted to call out John F. Schreier, who's credited as the editor, who probably had the hardest job on the planet
1: on the fucking planet.
0: Yeah, and he did a yeah. great job. The thing I love about this movie is the editing. It's just like there are points where the dual the duo vision stops because the scene is very important, and sometimes the editing is so good that you didn't even notice that the divider is gone in between it friends. really
1: only happens like that. I mean, it does it on establishing shots and it does it on like the end, like the last.
0: Um... But every every one of the murder sequence is is just. A yeah. And there's a couple of other times where they do a single shot and it's it's almost not noticeable. Um, the, o-
1: the only thing I would say that is a like deterrent for me on this is that there were a lot of times when it seems like they didn't have like a continuity person or something, right? Because mm-hmm. like on the right hand of the screen, he'll be picking something up with his right hand, but on the left side of the screen, he's picking it up with his left hand.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Or something, and that was like, I'm like, come on,
0: like yeah. And I don't pay too close attention to that stuff, so that didn't really bother me. But um, I'm glad you noticed it because it just it,
1: it just took me out of these things happening. At the same time. At
0: real time, yeah. Yeah. Well, and sometimes it wasn't necessarily two different uh, points of view in real time. Sometimes it was like one one of the best ways that they would use the gimmick was to have one of the characters say something and then the other frame is basically a complete negation of what they're talking about. Like the old woman who is this failed actress Oh, excuse me excuse me talking about how she um used to dance for you know this royalty and then on the screen to the right it's her like stripping at, this, at a
1: bachelor party or something yeah shit.
0: with a bunch of drunk friggin' dudes that are drooling and stuff yeah, yeah.
1: dude like, like that
0: was great that kind of shit
1: <clears throat> works so well and like now how people would do that Or, like, how normal people would do that would be, like, she would start talking and then it would go to the past, but we would still hear her Mm -hmm. um, voiceover on top of it. Um, But seeing it like that and seeing, like, the look on her face when she's, like, remembering this and remembering how to say it and make it sound cool. Yeah. Yeah. While we're seeing her be like we- a total skank on the other side of the screen, <laughs> right, right? You exactly. know that that was all really interesting, like how that how that works.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I liked that a lot. I liked how they used it. And if we want to tie this into Jallo at all, oh I my think God. that
1: there's the, a ton of ways you can, dude.
0: I think especially in the beginning, the whole idea that they didn't show Jason's face yet. Even though they showed him in the beginning when the credits just when the opening scenes happen and he's sitting by the rocks by the yeah. ocean. Um, but after that, they don't show his face for a while. But we have this whole thing where this like creepy person is looking through binoculars through the ceiling to get the number of the hotel room. and then this weird kind of Mario Bava looking uh, attic with these weird purple and pink lights and stuff um, where the killer has his like hideout, like all of that just reminded me so much of like blood and black lace and um, you know, just some of the other films from that era, uh, specifically Bava because he's got that color palette. Yeah. You know that that's it's very easy to 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 distinguish when you're that
1: like Romero tried to do like in the eighties with like creep show and shit like that. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Um, and then the other thing too is like the the like childhood trauma. Yeah. You know to like make the killer be who the killer is. Um, that like how that was all played out with yeah. the flashbacks and. Him, that was all very Jolly. And her being a singer. And this, this whole thing, like, there's, like, and I'm sure this is, like, another like, key thing that are in all these movies. Like, the happenstance here. Like, this girl comes to sing at this hotel. Like she's like the next big thing. And, um, she sees, she's there with her manager boyfriend and she sees this guy on the other side of the room and she's like, Oh my God. And then he walks up and he's like, Hey, and she's like, Hey, uh, you're looking good. And, Oh, uh, and he's the security officer for the hotel. And he just happens to be her ex-husband right? who just happens to be a disgraced cop. And it's just like
0: <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is that don't say it. where he shoots a black dude <laughs> oh my god when I saw that in the theater people went crazy when they when they cut to that it was, it, they went, they went it absolutely was, crazy it
1: like comes out of nowhere yep and it's so ridiculous
0: there's a bunch of those like that uh, there's yeah. a bunch of things that happen in the movie well we're jumping ahead so for people who haven't yeah. watched it yet, yeah, um, sorry, sorry, sorry. The whole idea of the film is that it's filmed at the Hotel Coronado. Have you ever been to that place?
1: Been by it a ton of times.
0: But never like actually. I've any. never
1: stayed there, no.
0: Yeah. Um, so it's a very famous hotel out on the West Coast. Um, somebody is stabbing or, or, or stalking and killing, you know, blonde women there's a,
1: they don't detective. know they're, they're dead because they don't check out.
0: They don't. Yeah. They, they just don't check out because the bodies are gone. So like the killer kills his first victim in the opening scene and then orders up some prime rib and then gets rid of the body. And the next day they just assume that the person who was in the room left without paying their bill, which is why now you pay your bill before you even get the room. But yeah, thanks
1: um, a lot. Jerks.
0: Yeah. It's their fault. Um, and, uh, you know, we've, we, we've done, we've kind of jumped around on this, but my background with this film and the reason why I brought it to our little discussion is because I went to a, a one of those horror, 24 hour horror movie marathons, and this was one of the films they showed. And it was, it, nobody knew that, the, that they were going to show it because when they have those festivals, they don't announce the films until they unroll, you know, on spool on the screen. But, um, This film came up and it was probably the third or fourth one during the, you know, during the festival. So it was crowded and people were still kind of awake and, you know, I, my jaw was, was on the ground for the entire time because it was, it was campy. It was like, um, I think Justin Kurzweil calls it a proto slasher because like it's five years before the first Halloween film comes out. Yeah. And so um, I think most of the movies that dealt with a maniac stabbing people at this stage were either getting influenced by Jolly or they were doing something campy. And this one is kind of both at the same time. So, um, you know,
1: I'm I'm trying to, like, place it. And it just came to me like. The mask he has—it looks like a, a, a wrinkled ballsack. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about it a little bit more, and I think it's supposed to be like a president.
0: Like, yeah, you could be right.
1: Like, if you have you seen you've seen Point Break, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, they all so they dress up as different presidents.
1: Yeah, there's Reagan, Nixon, um. And then do they do Johnson and Kennedy? Is that who it I is? I don't remember. Okay, so the mask I think is supposed to be Nixon that he has on, and they just like melted the shit out of it because it's like I just thought it was like
0: yeah. a full yeah, right.
1: mask, but it has like a kind of bulbous nose on it.
0: Yep, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it has a. It, it's you're, you're probably 100 percent right.
1: Huh. That just came to me. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I've, I've been trying to figure out what the fuck that was. And I'm like, is it like, um, what's his name? Dick Rickles? Is that, is that who his name Don is? Rickles? Don Rickles. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's not Don
0: Rickles. <laughs> you said Dick Wrinkles.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Dick Wrinkles?
0: Because <laughs> you said they melted. The, I'm looking at this wrinkled old. It just
1: looks here. like a scrotum, like with yeah. eye holes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And so, like it, it kind of, it kind of has that kind of Freddie <laughs> kind of look to it a little yeah. bit. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: Yeah. So I, I uh, like I said, when I saw it, I, 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 was blown away. And there are certain scenes in the film that got so, so much of an an insanely intense reaction of laughter from the audience. And that flashback scene where our our hero um, mistakenly shoots the wrong criminal. Uh, that was one of those scenes. Um, there was another scene where he says, um, there's, a, there's a scene where, um, uh, what's what's this guy? So Rick Stewart is out on the beach talking to um, <coughs> the guy who's lifting weights. Kooky. I yeah, I forget what his name is.
1: He's the guy from Greece.
0: Okay. And That's he says, a... uh, we don't need any beach freaks making out with the guests. That one did. The, the place went crazy when he said that. Um, he was like accusing um, the the, uh, the the guy, the beach guy, of hanging out with the the old lady. And they're showing like on the split screen. They're showing. Not to interrupt my own thought, but do you think? That, uh, do you think that? Do you think that the film? That I I I personally think that the film would probably be. Almost unwatchable if there was only one point of view the whole time. Like it. Yeah, cause, maybe cause unwatchable it's, is too harsh, but
1: no, it's kind of shit. Um, like when you think about it, and the comedy is so bad. Right. Like stuff that's funny in it is like not supposed to be not funny.
0: Supposed to be funny, right?
1: And the stuff that's supposed to be funny is like so fucking like F Troop fucking humor. <laughs> that just like falls flat. Um I was just like whenever like the boss of the hotel comes up, I, I'm just like, oh fucking shoot me. This guy's <laughs> awful.
0: Um,
1: but like just uh you, I think the movie needed um the gimmick to actually be a movie because right. this is just um, and when when you start watching it, it's almost overwhelming because mm-hmm. there are so many fucking characters, and you have no idea how important characters are. because typically, like when you're watching something, you kind of have an idea based on when certain characters come in. And how much time is spent with that character or whatever, right. like right. from the beginning to like, kind of build like what's going to happen. And in this, it just seems like, okay, we have like 30 people in this movie and we're going to diarrhea, all of it on the screen now. Cause we have two screens <laughs> and um, we'll kind of pick up the pieces as we go. And, Oh yeah, this lady plays an organ and she's actually staying at the hotel. Like, she's not just, like, some random person who's here, like, for no reason.
0: And and, Uh, and what was the deal with her taking a bite out of an apple? Dude, I was going to
1: bring that up, because it happens (laughs) like it's supposed to be a jump scare. (laughs) Like, she doesn't do it like she's like, ooh, I really want this apple. It's like, I'm going to scare the shit out of you by eating this apple. Right, and it worked. It was the scariest part of the whole fucking movie.
0: <laughs> it definitely caught everyone by surprise. That's for sure. Uh, oh
1: well, the other thing I want to say too, for those of you who are going to watch this, I had this hooked up to my stereo, um, off my laptop. Yeah, and I, I was watching it, and um, for like the first like ten minutes, I was just like. The sound on this is awful, and I couldn't figure it out. And then all of a sudden, like, on the right side of the screen, somebody gets slapped or something, and it fucking sounded like thunder. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? And then I realized that all the sound, like, everything that happens on the right side of the screen is going to only play on your right speakers. Yeah, it's and everything on the yeah, and everything yeah. on the left side is only going to play on that side.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: there was this one bit where these people were having a conversation. I didn't hear a single fucking thing they said right? because I didn't have my left speaker on. And um, Oh, okay. And then this dude slapped somebody, I think is what the noise was. I can't remember. But um, when it happened, it fucking scared the shit out of me because I had my fucking stereo cranked. Trying to hear this fucking conversation. And um, so if you are going to watch this, just make sure you have both. Like, don't do, like, one earbud if you're watching it on your computer or something. Like, you have to have both on or else you're not going to know what the fuck's going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because I noticed that, too. And, in fact, there's one scene... And it's on the left-hand side; it's the beach guy, and he's walking around and he's kind of glad-handing the women all at a table under an umbrella. And on the right-hand side, I think it's um, what the hell is the girl's name? Um, Lisa James, and she's talking to somebody, and you really want to hear what she's saying. But the conversation that the pool guy is having with the women isn't completely silent; it's it's yeah. a little bit audible. But you know, they they obviously faded it down so that you could hear what the other on the other screen, what was going on. But then there's there's a, a, another kind of um, inconsistency with that too, which is in the very beginning, after Jason kills the first um, hotel guest, he makes a phone call to get room service. And the split screen is him in the room on the phone, on the right hand side, and then the the bellhop who's taking the order on the left hand side, but you don't hear him talking and ordering, the yeah. the uh, the meal. Exactly. So that's kind of a you know, I think they probably had to do it that way because they didn't want.
1: There was another scene and I can't remember what it was, but someone was on the phone, and you can hear that like. On the phone that he was holding,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: on the other side was the person who was supposed to be talking, and they weren't talking. I don't know mm. if that was like my... But this I, don't, I can't remember if this is before I realized that I had fucked my speakers up,
0: right. or
1: if it was legitimately like that. Do you know what I'm talking about, or did I fuck that up?
0: i'm not sure i may have just not noticed it there was there was there's a few times in the film where you don't necessarily know like they they do a good job of of getting you to because obviously you can't look at both things at the same time so you're going to have to focus your attention on one and then and then quickly you know dart your eyes to the left or to the right to just see what you're missing on the other side um and they do a pretty good job through most of the film to make you aware of this is the one you should probably be looking at more than the other one. Yeah. Um, I did like sometimes when they would have the exact same scene happening in both Yes. Both, both sides, but two different camera angles. That was kind of cool. Yes. The way they did
1: Especially that. when someone was in the hallway and they were walking from the hallway into a room.
0: Yeah. And mm-hmm. one
1: camera was in the hallway and one was in the room. Was there's one, the room. Yeah. yeah. And there's one that is like seamless, but then there's a bunch of other ones that aren't seamless. And it just makes you kind of, it made me like, ah, damn it. You miss that one. Like, right. that would have been great. Um, and the other thing is, there were a bunch of scenes that are also like this, where somebody would be walking in the background, like one of the extras, with an amazing outfit on. Right. And I would go, oh, I can't wait to see them walk on this side so I could see it from this angle. From the other angle, yeah. And then they don't right. come by. Right, right. Yeah. So it's like they're not actually doing for the most part, it seems like they're not doing two things at the same time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, they might be shooting it like that, but um, when you see like background people not continuing through um, that was like, because there are some wardrobes in this movie that are just beautiful.
0: Yeah.
1: Like we're talking like case of the bloody Iris, gorgeous looking clothes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I agree. Oh
1: man. And, um, the nightstand in the room where the first girl gets killed, like it's so modern. Uh,
0: I don't remember it. Well it's enough. like,
1: it's just, it's almost like a, like if you took like a barrel and cut it in half and like flip the parts. Oh,
0: okay. And then I think I painted it
1: and painted it white Right. and just made it all smooth it that totally reminded me of like black belly of the tarantula yeah look and stuff um and there were a couple things like that but then some of the rooms looked like they hadn't been upgraded in like a hundred years right and then other rooms were like super modern and i don't know if that was like um something they meant to do but when that we get to the end of the movie and we're ta- and they get out the blueprints. They talk about how this part of the hotel's new, this part's older. And then we- they were going to build this other part of the hotel. And then they got shut down for doing right. it or something like that. So I don't know if like the different room types were, um, supposed to play into that fact. That might be like just wishful thinking on my part, but, um, yeah. There was well, just because,
0: because yeah I guess some stuff. some of those rooms some of the rooms in the film, you know unless they were v- being very creative, were definitely inside that hotel because you could see out the window. Yeah, that, that that's where they were, and then other rooms were probably studios. Yeah, so um, but uh, yeah, it's a good point. Like, did they did they do that on purpose to to kind of foreshadow the idea that. There were various kind of phases to this hotel and the rooms that seem to be more modern are probably part of the newer phase. And then the ones that seem to be antiquated are probably part of the older phase. And then you know Teddy and Roosevelt has his I own I was presidential just gonna seat. say yeah. that,
1: that that picture of Teddy Roosevelt with his teeth out. Yeah. That's like the most horrifying fucking thing I've ever seen. It's really disturbing. Why would anybody have that hanging up anywhere? <laughs> that was fucking horrific.
0: Yeah, that was that like was Like
1: that that's up there with apple getting
0: bit. Like, yeah, yeah, right.
1: Um okay, so real quick, like I don't know if, how much you're going to want to do this, but just to like bring everybody up to speed. So the the guy who runs the hotel, who's a complete douchebag, and I think I think he was in Mash,
0: if yeah. I'm
1: not mistaken. Yeah, he
0: looks like somebody who was in Mash, absolutely. Um,
1: he goes to Richard Stewart. I want to call him Striker for some reason, Richard Stewart. <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, I need you to figure this out. We've had three people." like skip out on the bill this month and now there's another one or something like that figure right. it out um and it's just like figure this out and then later it's going to be like you motherfucker why are you figuring this out like shit's getting real like what are you doing like
0: yeah now we, i want We don't rush. need this publicity
1: yeah so all this shit's going on so um richard calls up his old police chief uh, whatever And they have this talk And now this is one of the things I'm talking about When I say um, There's conversations that take place That probably aren't supposed to be funny He says I need your help And he's like um, Well We gotta do this by the book or, And then he's like we gotta do it by the book though I'm just trying to do it by the book And he's like you wouldn't know what by the book means And he's like right. Probably not. (laughs) And I'm like, what? Like, is that the conversation they just had? Like, (laughs) is is he helping him? Is is he? Like, did he just bury himself? Like,
0: is this supposed supposed to be humor or is it supposed to be? It's just
1: awful. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's another line that is, and I knew it was coming because as soon as you hear it, like, start, you know where it's gonna go. The the chick is afraid, the singer, Lisa right.
0: Jones. Right right.
1: And um so she goes to her ex-husband and he's like, Now, would you stay at the hotel if I promised you would have um security 24 hours a day, or or if I assign a man to be your bodyguard, and she's like, Well, who were you thinking about? And he's like, Me.
0: And I was <laughs> just like,
1: You fucking didn't do that give me a break and it's just like this dude is so about his work but at the same time he's like how am i gonna get my dick wet today
0: yeah he's gonna like, trying to get laid especially yeah. like with the, with the girl from the uh you know, who works at the convenience store the whole drilling has, thing
1: who has a toothache and she needs to get her mouth drilled yeah Um, And then, dude, how about the scene where
0: she calls him, and she's like, I have a toothache, and he's like, I'm not drilling today.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, hon. No, but, like, she is the original voice of Daphne on Scooby-Doo. Oh,
0: wow. I did not know that.
1: she, they did not do her justice in this movie, because she's probably... The most gorgeous woman out of anyone in this film.
0: Yeah, she's really like, hot, too.
1: Oh my God. I couldn't, kind of, like, when I saw the pictures of her, I'm like, who the fuck is this? Who did she play? And then I was like, oh my God. But, um, and then at the end of the movie, like, this is like the very end of the movie. Like, I don't know, because it just makes him look like a piece of shit. Right. And, and he's supposed to be the guy you get behind. It's like the same thing with, um, Not really the same thing, but like kind of the same feeling you have when you watch uh, strip nude for your killer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. Your hero, and then at the end, he's he's also a sleaze bag. He's a sleaze bag rapist. Like, okay, (laughs) like, oh, I don't know, man. Just the.
0: I think that's. I mean, I mean, at least for the Italians, I think the machismo kind of angle. Was what they were going for like yeah you know, but i mean
1: this was like an american release mgm film like was this movie released um in the foreign market before it was released in america
0: no no i don't think so
1: it's just like i don't get it at all like um i don't know and then like the actual trauma that the kid goes through jason yeah is actually pretty fucking horrific. like yeah,
0: it's pretty fucked up
1: like and I was like, how far how much are they gonna show this flashback? like <laughs> this flashback's still going. What the fuck is happening? Like why is this still on?
0: But where uh, did they find that kid to play his like younger that was the weirdest looking alien kid I've ever seen, you know in that flashback yeah. where, his foster dad is making him drink beer out of a soup bowl or something. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got this weird, almost like, you know, it's like a Harmony Corinne film. You know, wacko kind of weird-shaped head dude in the flashback. Like, I was he, just
1: like... He looks like he was supposed to be, like, one of the little rascals or something.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> just like some, like, odd-shaped kid with fucked up hair like yeah, yeah. I was just like well, that's weird and then like when and then the investigation let's talk about the investigation here
0: right 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 so
1: okay. Stewart's doing the investigation and somebody calls he's like hey I got a bunch of vinegar and salt stolen out of the fucking <laughs> thing and he's like oh okay vinegar and salt huh hmm. and
0: alcohol. And, yeah.
1: and alcohol and I'm like oh my god He's going to fucking blow up the hotel. And the whole time I'm and he's like doing all of his chemistry shit.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm like, "Oh my god, they're going to find him and it's just going to go boom and everyone's going to fucking die." And I'm like, "That is how you end this movie." Yes. I was 100% on board.
0: Really? Okay. And then
1: what the fuck was he making?
0: I still don't understand what the it purpose was em- of it. He was. was embalming those 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 corpses.
1: Ah. Uh... Oh, and then he was pouring the blood
0: down the, On the spigot, <laughs> and
1: yeah. that's why it shot up in that chick's face. And the guy yeah, said, "It's
0: yeah. rusty water." Yeah, he, he had that big jug of of, of blood, right? And then, I was and like, it... oh, "Is he just collecting blood?" Because like I never
1: once thought that since the girls were missing right. that they were still there. I never yeah. once thought that. I never like went there.
0: But didn't you see the the one scene <sighs> where? He said he was studying chemistry. Yeah. When he was he, talking to,
1: and, he and then there was up a, the book.
0: and it said uh, chemistry for taxidermy or something. Yeah,
1: and then there was like an owl up in mm-hmm. the attic, or whatever, like a taxidermied owl. Like, yeah, I should have put all this stuff together. I, I, w- I was just getting excited thinking he was going to blow up the whole fucking <laughs> hotel.
0: Um. So well, that all that seems makes like sense. a it's well, like a little a little homage to Psycho too, right? Yeah, like, it, you know,
1: totally they, it totally
0: they, does. They Especially
1: the owl.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, because that's like a great little little frame in in Psycho. But yeah, they reference like they reference Psycho a lot, and then they also reference obviously Phantom of the Opera because he's like up in the rafters, you know, yeah. and they're playing that music too. So.
1: And they play Um, um, Swan Lake, like the Dracula theme from Swan Lake mm -hmm. at one point, um, like differently. It it was an odd version of it. But um,
0: that that wasn't the scene where the the old washed up actress is listening to. No, no,
1: no, 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 no. And dude, like she was on the flying nun and all that stuff. Good for her. mm Um, at one point she was probably a looker, but her and leotards doing jazzercise to some (laughs)
0: classic
1: music was not something I was expecting to watch. Um, no, that was like, I didn't know that was, I didn't know that that may have been
0: the most disturbing part of the film.
1: Well, the disturbing part is when she like took the ribbon out of her hair and like started like pulling her robe up and looking at her leg in the mirror like where the fuck is this going and it just stopped and i was like oh okay um yeah. but yeah I, I don't
0: know well yeah and we didn't really talk too much about that i mean this character she's she's kind of like she's important and you don't really know why but she's the sympathetic character exactly. this washed up actress um, she's been at the hotel for a while, but she's been delinquent on her rent for quite a while and 22 years. Yeah. but yeah, They're ready to kick her out and she just won't go. And she hangs out with Jason every once in a while and she gives him neck massages. But, um, I guess at some point, you know, she serves as a way of us being able to see into his, you know, psychosis, like why, you know, What's the backstory that, which makes
1: him... I don't think that was a good way to do it because the whole thing was based on blondes. Right. And, and without her having like a wig on or something to trigger him, like yeah. even though he was like being chased, I still think that like it totally throws his psychosis into the trash can. Mm-hmm. Like if he's willing to do that to anybody. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, because it's like, you know, he the only reason why he was after um, Lisa James. uh, Initially, he meets Lisa James, has a conversation with her and says she's not like the others. I really like her to the to the older handyman guy.
1: Yeah.
0: But then all of a sudden he sees her with the blonde wig on and it it goes apeshit. Yeah. Um, so you can understand why he's after her. And then when she, you know, he goes to get her towards the end and he finally is going to kill her, but she doesn't have the blonde hair on anymore. And he's like, you keep changing. Um, but then on the on the other hand, the old woman who triggers his memory, she never has any blonde hair. And you're right. No. Like, it's not. And then the funny
1: thing is this guy's like studying science and chemistry and all this shit in like a telecommuting school or whatever you would call it back in the day. Like, I don't know what that's a course by mail and he's, and he's never figured out like the magic of a wig. Like the dude could fucking like rewire then the (laughs) entire building within like two seconds.
0: Right. And he doesn't understand that wig. wig.
1: A wig is like, Jesus fucking Christ, there is some magic happening here and I don't understand it.
0: Well, it's kind of like you know, it's the whole idea of can you tell if a woman's faking it or not? You know, it's like you know, there are some there are some wigs that are really well done and you're like, Oh my god, I can't believe she's wearing a wig. So I don't know. Who knows? Um, but so she's you know she's in the film and it's it's mostly i guess for comedic value or for like um, for a comic relief um, but she does end up becoming a victim of the killer at the end getting is her head chopped off Is she comic relief? I don't know if she is comic relief. Well yeah I guess
1: Cause like that whole bit, like where she's telling them this, her backstory and it like shows her like killing her husband. And she's like, right. oh, I, you know, da, da. and like, I'm like, why didn't he come up with a better story when dude was chasing him? And then on top of that, like no one had proof that he was the one that did it. And Stewart's a security guard. Right. He's not a cop. Like, why are you running? Like there were just like I didn't have these questions when I was watching it because there were two <laughs> screens and I was having a hard You're time keeping busy. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But now like going over it, like this movie was made to never be dissected. Right. Oh absolutely. Like, there are giant holes in this now that I'm thinking about it. What <laughs> what what did Justin write about it?
0: Um I read it just before we had our podcast um he he didn't really get into dissecting the film too much he just talked about kind of the history and some interesting points about it but um yeah i mean he's he he, i have to go back now because um and see what it was uh Did,
1: did did i stump you there i didn't mean to it happened it's kind weird
0: of because like I'm I'm it's it's weird that I'm drawing a blank because I just read it and I thought that I comprehended what he wrote but I can't write, give it back to you. Um, it's two paragraphs worth of synopsis, and then basically it talks about the films that it either is borrowing from or may be um, influencing. So it talks about the the fact that it's a proto slasher, Um, and um, they talk about he talks yeah he it the the film was shot through late summer early autumn of 1972 in San Diego at the Hotel de Coronado. Um, The budget one and a half million. Um, it talks about how Brian De Palma's sisters from 1973 used the same gimmick. Uh, yeah, it's mostly just a historical recount of the film. There's not much in the article about opinion or dissection but um, so yeah it's not it's not like um, he goes on and on and waxes you know nostalgically about how great the film is. It's just it just seems like it's another, film to throw into the canon if you're doing like a a big survey Yeah, Um, but um, you know it's it's a weird movie because you could tell that it had a budget behind it and you could tell that this gimmick was something that really um, the the gimmick of the duo vision was not something that they could easily do It, it looked like it took a lot of effort to make this dual double movie thing actually work and And a lot
1: of oh go ahead go ahead
0: oh what were you gonna say
1: i was just gonna say and a lot of the duo vision stuff is mundane shit so like he'll leave the head maintenance guy in a room and then we watch the head maintenance guy like sit at a chair and light a cigarette but in the other screen like he's about to like walk in on the killer. Right. And it's like, ooh, well this side of the screen's exciting. You know, so it's not like the whole time like there's shit happening on both sides that like you have to like pay super close attention to. Right. It's just it, the things that are happening at that exact
0: moment. But at the same time, it doesn't seem like they ever did something on one of the screens that was just complete filler. Like in other words,
1: well, the, the names... chick playing the organ.
0: Well, okay. I, I think she sure. was
1: all filler.
0: She was filler. And, and she you know, was
1: it's... one of the witches in Star Trek.
0: Wow, okay. One of the three the, witches. The original series?
1: The original Obviously. series, yeah.
0: Okay. Look well, out. one of the things that I saw in the trivia was that um, it took 32 weeks to edit the film.
1: Oh, I bet.
0: And it also said once the editing of the film had begun, the director realized that he hadn't shot enough coverage to have a full length split screen movie, so he had to shoot an additional three thousand feet of film to yeah. come up with it. So that would that would account for your um continuity errors, you know, especially if it was like after the fact filming?
1: Yeah, I bet. Um, God, can you but, imagine how many fucking cuts of this movie there were? Oh, like if he's like, okay, here, check, take a look at this. No,pe I don't like it. Jesus fucking Christ!
0: Yeah, like not only did they have to edit two different movies together, but they had to edit both of them together to an edit that would be the single edit, right? Like,
1: yeah, I can't imagine doing them separately. Like you would have had to have been doing them at the same time.
0: Yeah, because they they have to relate to each other. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But it sounds like it was a lot of work. Yeah, it sounds like it a lot was a lot of work. So we get to the towards the end, and they they've managed to figure out like this whole thing about the. Um, and by the way, did you? Every time I saw the the senior handyman, I kept thinking about the grandpa in Willy Wonka.
1: No, he didn't remind me of him, but he reminds me of another old maintenance man who was in a bunch of shit in the eighties that had like a giant push broom mustache and big old bags under his eyes. Like a and his, Yeah. And his eyes are just like little slits. Like he wasn't like a main character. Right. He was just a guy. And then like his like joke, like when he comes into the room and the guy's like, Oh, everything's ready. Oh, I heard everything. Mwah, 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 mwah. Yeah. Yeah. Mwah. Like, come (laughs) on, dude. Like, you're trying to catch a killer and you're, like, being ridiculous. Like, (laughs) it's just, like, the jokes were so out of place and not funny. Yeah. Like, this guy, Bear Dick, whatever, the guy who (laughs) wrote this, he he has to be, like, one of the most, like, no-personality fucking people on the planet. Like, he has no concept of humor.
0: I don't know, man. I think maybe part of it is like a, um, you know, a time thing.
1: No, like, you're giving you're giving him way too much credit, bro. Okay. Right. Let me tell you what. <laughs> Bear dick ain't funny.
0: It just seemed like it. it seemed like um, a lot. It was like sitcom humor. In, in a I know, but, with a,
1: but without a laugh track, what fucking yeah. good is sitcom humor?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they, they, it only took forty-five days to shoot the film, and it took thirty-two weeks to edit the film. Jesus, <laughs> that's nuts. So you know they get to the end, and um, oh, and, oh, here's another thing I have written down. So the the scene where um, where our hero uh, uh, Rick Stewart is in the presidential suite with Lisa James, and they start doing the nasty, oh, and he says something oh, about. He says something about um, what would what would President Roosevelt say? What would Teddy say? And, and blah blah blah. He would say charge, and then they start to kiss, and then they cut away to a bunch of scenes like the fireworks are going off and the lightning is striking and all this stuff. Do you remember a scene in Naked Gun? I was Teddy? just
1: gonna say Naked Gun did this the way it should be done,
0: right? With the and rocket going Naked into Naked the... Gun
1: is a fucking comedy. This isn't a comedy. That joke wasn't funny. And then to end it all off, they do the fucking nuclear bomb testing at Bikini Atoll. Like, what what, what does that mean? Did he finish? Did he not finish? <laughs> Did it happen poorly? Like, was it a bomb or was it bomb? Like, yeah, it what's bomb. happening right now? Yeah. It was so out of place, dude. It and was, that's what was. I'm talking about. These little bits. Uh-huh completely out of place and just drag it down. Like if these weak fucking attempts at humor were not in the movie, I think this movie would be so much better. It would be such a better watch, well, but I mean, but knowing that he was like struggling to like get enough footage to make yeah. the gimmick work. Like I could see where 30 seconds of fireworks and shit exploding. Um, uh, <laughs> Is thirty I seconds. I and
0: did. I I did like the 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 weirdness of it, there was. It was just a weird feeling I got from looking at the scene where, um, her wig is like on one of the four posters of the bed while they're while they're in bed together. It's just a weird
1: visual. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um. A- another thing that was weird was, and this is very. Uh, shallow too like very much so where there's some guy who you could assume would be the killer if they showed him more than just four or five times in the movie right like the cop going oh bt dubs this guy's wanted in hawaii for slaying a family of four (laughs) and we chased him and he jumped out a window, then drove his car off a cliff. It was just like, what the fuck just <laughs> happened? Like in the span of like five seconds as this guy's talking, they're showing clips on the other side of all this shit. Oh, I saw the one in poster and that's where I recognized him from.
0: Yeah, that whole scene like, is nuts, dude. I
1: was just like, and they're like, is he dead? And he's like, no, he's in like a coma or something in the hospital. I'm yeah. like, oh, so he's gonna wake up. No. No, the case is closed.
0: Kidding. We're done.
1: Like, yeah. It's just like, I was like, huh? <laughs> and then like when he's like, yeah, but he, did, he didn't he did even start here when the first girl went missing. So I'm still on the case. Like, I'm like, why would he still be on the case? Like, there, it's not like anyone has ever found a body. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like some people checked out and didn't pay. Yeah. Like...
0: There was yeah until until um, Jason uh, accidentally stabs uh, the uh, the maid the maid instead of who he thinks he's stabbing yeah yeah and then
1: that part was awesome too when he goes in the room starts stabbing the bed which is like classic slasher movie shit right and the the victim isn't in the bed and she's hiding and then like he hears someone coming so he goes and hides and they're hiding right next to each other
0: yeah that was a that cool was
1: great it was like suspenseful it was yeah. but then at the same time it's like why didn't you kill her like why are you taking her around you haven't done that with anybody else oh oh you're gonna take us to your Super scary, you're a psychic player. Exactly. And then the cops go up and follow him. And then, as they're chasing him along like these weird scaffoldings, they stop and say, Oh, wow, that looks like there's people over there. And I bet they're dead. Oh, (laughs) wow, we got to figure this out. And it's like, dude, he's running off with your girl. Why did you stop to have a conversation? Yeah. No one would ever do that. I I thought the same
0: thing. Like, like, why? So why are they doing this right now? (laughs) That is funny. But then
1: (laughs) the foreshadowing from the very beginning of the movie to what happens to them. That was clever
0: because I remember
1: when I saw that doll on the fence, I was like going, Oh, that's weird. But then like, I was automatically thinking of other movies I've seen where people fall out of buildings and end up impaled on a fence. Right. And, I couldn't, and there was one that just kept playing in my head, and I couldn't remember what movie it was.
0: I think there's a um, scene in uh, Seven Bloodstained Orchids where somebody gets impaled on a fence. And I can't remember who it is, though. And it's like in a rainstorm.
1: Well, another lady in this movie, I can't remember who, was in The Changeling. Oh, really? Okay. i trying to remember if it was the first girl. Or, I can't remember now. But anyway. um, But yeah, so I was just like racking my brain going, did someone get impaled on a fence and they didn't die and they had to cut the fence? Like he should have died, but he was on the fence. And then when they finally cut the fence out and take him out, he like bleeds to death.
0: Does that
1: sound familiar? Was that Seven Bloodstained Orchids?
0: Mm, No. I don't think so.
1: Okay. Well, anyway, so something that was just supposed to be there for foreshadowing sent me on a rabbit trail that made me not pay attention for like 30
0: seconds. (laughs) Right. That happened to me a few times, too. Yeah. I was looking up uh, uh, Tiffany Bowling's uh, Playboy spread on Google Images while I'm watching her sing Wicked Wicked.
1: Uh, Oh, fuck's sake. If there's something that'll make me not want to look at her Playboy spread, it's her singing that song.
0: (laughs) Exactly. uh You're right about that. I guess I was just too distracted. But there, it's by myself. This film is weird too because, like, there's no cursing in it at all. Did you notice that? They never even.
1: There's no cursing. There's no nudity. Um, you see her taking a shower behind like a clouded, um, slider door. Right. Um, but this is one of those movies that they could have easily, especially with how minimal the gore is, right? Um, that they could have said, hey, we could put this on TV. I wonder if there is a gory version, because even when he chops that chick's head off with the guillotine, like, he cuts the rope, and then, like, the next shot is, like
0: the blade is already down
1: yeah it's like what the like okay and that's
0: that's like what i was saying at the beginning of the podcast like i think there i remember seeing more than that when i saw it the last time
1: the editor of this movie's like you want me to do what you want me to make a tv version and a theatrical (laughs) version? are you you
0: joking me crazy oh my god (laughs) oh, Jesus Christ, it's Christmas coming up, and I wanted to see my kids. <laughs> You're right. I've been working on this yeah. movie for almost a year. <laughs> uh, He's like, if I hear that bitch sing
1: that song one more time, I'm going to shut my head off. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I cannot imagine. <laughs> and there's a lot of, like, I feel like they had to do, like, a lot of Foley, like, sound editing like in a studio too. Cause there were a bunch of things like when something would be like put down or dropped, it doesn't make a noise. Right. And I'm like, Oh, they didn't do any sound for that. And then I'm like wondering, I'm like, well, how much of this is sound that they had to add? And yeah. did they just decide not to do certain things or like, dude, this guy is a saint for editing this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A labor of love, if you want to call it that. I mean, definitely, you know, whatever it was that this dude needed to learn about editing in order to get better at it, he did it with this movie. You know what I mean? Like, it was just <sighs> this, this was the ultimate homework assignment, you know, final project thesis paper for editing.
1: It makes um, me want to do it just to see if I could do it. <laughs> I know. Like, it's just like, what a fucking short. How many weeks did you say? 32. 32 weeks, dude. That's like, that's more than half a year. Right, exactly. Oh, my God. I know. I I can't even fucking imagine, dude. I really can't. That is, and the fact that the movie was shot summer and autumn of 72 and it came out in 73. Right, right. Dude, this guy was like cutting like as they were finishing days up.
0: Yeah. I, hell, absolutely. Dude. And and you know, let's you know, th- this should be obvious, but for for people for people out there that maybe it's not obvious, you know, we're talking about a time period where editing was really literally cutting the film and, and then taping it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean there there weren't any you didn't have any digital workstations to make you know nonlinear editing happen. You actually really had to edit the film itself. Yeah. So I can't imagine there's like there's like pieces of this of this film everywhere, all over the floor. And then the guy goes, Oh, wait a minute, you know what? We should really put that extra you know, five seconds back in. Now let me go see if I can find it, you know. Um and I, so- I'm
1: like getting like I'm having like Almost a panic attack. <laughs> Just picturing <laughs> <think laughs> this guy with like some big ass mustache, big old black circles under his eyes, a cigarette <laughs> hanging out of his mouth. There's feet of film on the floor, on the walls, hanging up above him. And he's in some like shit denim shirt with it's all unbuttoned and his like nasty gold chains tangled up in his chest hair. And his right. wife's like, honey. And he's like, shut the fuck up, you bitch. I'm fucking working here. Jesus Christ, this guy, man! The the image I have in my head of this guy is classic. He is just.
0: But ugh. now that we've t- we've talked about him so much, and we we owe it to the podcast at this point to to um. What's this fucking guy's name? To find out what else he's done, because yeah, you know, please
1: do something good. Maybe he yeah. edited fucking Sisters, or Carrie, or
0: something. John- John F. Schreier. Let's see what he's known for here.
1: He's known for murdering his wife after spending 32 weeks editing a film.
0: Let's see. As an editor, after Wicked Wicked, let's see, Um, he did TV. Bionic Woman, Six Million Dollar Man, Battlestar Galactica, uh, Charlie's Angels, and that was it.
1: Oh, you bastard.
0: It's a shame, man. He doesn't really have... like. I'd he, love
1: to he just see, got burned like, out.
0: Yeah. I'd love to see uh, you know he did an episode of the Brady Bunch. I would love to see um and, and uh, okay, I'm I'm interrupting my own thoughts, but this does have a very Brady Bunch kind of feel to it, doesn't it? Like it just partly it's time period, but I'm just seeing, you know, like if you're familiar with the Brady Bunch, there are scenes Ow. where you know this weird kind of um this 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 like one pixel thing would come shooting in from the left side of the screen and it would and then it would and then it would stop in the middle and then it would open up and it would be an edit like that would be the transition from one scene to the next. You know and what happened,
1: dude? He was like, Hey guys how many, how, how many people are in this movie? Eight. Okay, I edited a movie that was in duo vision. Watch what I'm going to do with your opening credits.
0: <laughs> and, and
1: they're like, "Huh?" And he's like, "Watch now. Just get pictures of everyone looking up in every direction and looking down and waving and stuff. Well, and this will be, be octovision."
0: He did the Brady Bunch <laughs> episode before Wicked Wicked came out. So,
1: well, that was oh, okay. Hey, I got this idea <laughs> of editing a movie in duo vision. I want to edit your opening credit sequence and Octavision and we'll see how it goes. That's the only like thing that's holding this together, man. We're trying to paint this guy's life. We're trying to give him something.
0: We're tr- we're trying to to give him as much props as possible because yeah. it's clear that, you know, he had some serious he had a serious task ahead of him. Or so, his heart
1: exploded from cocaine use.
0: Now it looks when, like he edited a film called Jungle Heat, which was a film noir from 1957. Oh, um, so he was older. So he was older, yeah.
1: So his brown hair is now gray to me.
0: But he did, um, yeah, a film. He edited a film called Naked. Uh, I'm sorry, Wild Youth or Naked Youth. Narcotics, <sighs> marijuana, and dope. I'm in. <laughs> um, anyway, we, you know, it, it's definitely he's he's probably getting more accolades on this podcast than ever than he ever did. But that's um, yeah, yeah, because because uh, quite an effort, you know. This is this is like Lord of the Rings shit, like times ten. <laughs> you know, this is like a five-year project.
1: Where um, was his Oscar nod? What the yeah, fuck? He needed
0: one. Jesus.
1: So, so to just to just wrap like story shit up here. So there's this. The guy has the girl. There's some open window as there always is. The cops are there, and he's like, "Put down your gun." And, oh
0: yeah, great scene.
1: Yeah, and then the um, old maintenance guy puts the spotlight on him, and he's like, "Get that light out of my eyes." Ah, and then he's like, "I'm gonna jump." And while all this is going on, um, Dick Sargent, or whatever our hero's name is, goes and grabs the girl.
0: And Dick Sargent? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what his name is. Um, you, you've got the main character and the director's name, like, mixed together. Okay. Rick Stewart.
1: Rick Stewart.
0: Yeah, yeah, and Richard Barr. Dick Barr. Bear. Dick Bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bear anyway, um, I'm sorry
1: So the, the cop He's like, I'm gonna jump And the cop's like, I don't think you got the guts, kid I'm gonna do it I dare ya I don't think you got it in ya And he's like, Ooh. okay, here I go And he jumps And then the great joke is Is that now um, Sergeant York Stalker Rick Stewart Right. Rick Stewart can say to him um, Oh yeah Very much by the book By the Shh. book, yes they could
0: Yeah, they can get that And now cue the Too Close for Comfort theme song You know, Yeah uh,
1: They all jump in the air and freeze
0: frame <laughs> <laughs> Exactly <laughs> It's like a Fuller House episode it's Just Full House my, my daughter watches that
1: Oh so, man And
0: no. so but 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 you know again when we were talking about when I saw it in a the movie theater, what what things got the uh, got the audience reaction and the scene where you know the the legitimate cop is going he, he turns to Rick Stewart and he goes, he's like, watch this. This whole reverse psychology thing works really great on these psychopaths. He's like, Oh yeah, go ahead. I don't think you got the guts. Why don't you go and just jump right now? And he looks at him and goes, Okay. And he jumps and the fucking place went crazy with laughter, like because it was so it's so campy and unexpected at the same time, like it was great. And so now
1: it's just like that whole thing, like he's like that dude from the 50s. Okay, because this is early 70s. So the cop guy was like super 1950s America. And and he's in a bunch of westerns and shit, whatever. And and just like the whole like, hold my beer. Watch this. Like that whole attitude. Like I am a (laughs)
0: hostage
1: negotiator.
0: Hold my my beer. (laughs) Like
1: it was just like, I was like, what? And if they would have just left it at that, I would have been fine. But Q, uh, Mister Stewart, and his fucking shit dialogue. <laughs> here, come, here comes the funny. Everybody, watch out for it.
0: Watch out and for she, Rick Stewart.
1: Oh my god! And then, <laughs> so that happens. Then the fucking guy who runs the hotel is all pissed off. Oh my god, this is a catastrophe. Oh my goodness! But then all these people are taking pictures of the bloody fence. Right. And
0: let's let's, let's pose in, the baby with the bloody fence.
1: Which was fucking like ridiculous. <laughs> like I was just like, what the fuck is she doing? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? Like I completely. Yeah, lost track of what he was talking about on the extra scene (laughs) because I was trying to figure out like what the fuck was happening with that baby. That was weird.
0: Yeah. What are they doing? Right.
1: And so he's like, Oh yeah, this is the murder hotel. Yeah. Okay. Oh, 146 rooms. We got that. Okay. I'll give you your reservation now. And he's like,
0: All the the loose ends are getting tied up now.
1: Yeah, I'll never
0: understand people.
1: Oh, that was the line, dude. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna punch you in your fucking face,
0: dude. It was almost like he was doing a soliloquy all of a sudden, like to us, you know, the view.
1: Like, is this fucking Hamlet?
0: Like, I was waiting. I was waiting for a wah 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 at the end of his sentence, right?
1: Or like someone to hit him in the face with a pie yeah like, just the whole thing like his whole character should be stricken from the record he was awful 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 awful
0: that was great
1: and <laughs> oh my god and then I like
0: definitely least see that read re-edited where he gets a freaking pie in the face it's, preferably by a guy in a gorilla suit or something well it's that was like, great it's
1: framed like that like yeah, oh it totally no- is No one else is in the room. Here comes the hand from off camera. (laughs) Um, So then Rick is walking out because now that the killer's gone, um, Lisa doesn't have to sing at the hotel anymore, even though the whole fucking movie, they were trying to keep her singing at the hotel. And now she's popular because someone tried to kill her,
0: so exactly. her manager is
1: trying to make her all this money. They're going to go to Vegas, and it's going to be, tit city and sex and money <laughs> and all sorts of stuff. And then I couldn't hear this bit, and she's like, "Like, are you going to come with me, or like, what the fuck happened?"
0: Yeah, I, I don't understand why all of a sudden uh, Rick Stewart just decided that, you know. They just they, they had this thing where they tried to develop their relationship in this movie to the point where you started to feel like you wanted to root for them to get back together. Yeah. And then they do get back together. And then the movie ends and she goes off and he's like, you know what, I'm going to stick around here and uh, do that thing with the with the hotter chick that works at the convenience store inside the hotel.
1: Well, no, it's just like, I can't come with you. Like, this hotel, it... it it needs me. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Because like I thought that the cop was going to say, hey, do you want your old job back? And we'll just like pretend you didn't shoot that black guy.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, right. That's
1: you, really topical, you're right? Imagine
0: gun gun back. Like,
1: now. <laughs> yeah, like I thought that was gonna happen, and that would be the reason why he can't go with her. And then he <laughs> quits, he gives his gun back to the hotel manager guy.
0: Right. So
1: he's now doesn't have a job at all Doesn't
0: have a job at all right but he's he's hanging out with the girl but the but girl here's...
1: wants him to drill her mouth
0: but he's still getting paged though who's paging him if he quit right who fucking knows <laughs> this, this is the whole thing this is their shit comedy because <laughs> right. like at the
1: beginning of the movie his pager was going off when he was trying to do the nasty with the candy shop girl right well, now that he quit his job, he turned a gun in. Why a hotel would give a security guard a fucking gun, I I don't know. Maybe Ooh. a walkie-talkie, <laughs> or a, or a or a nightstick or something yeah, I mean, like that. But a fucking right. gun. Oh, oh, why why are you working here now? Oh, you shot somebody. You... Ah, I'm gonna you hire go? you and I'm gonna give you a gun. <laughs> so he hands the gun over, doesn't hand the beeper over, and then when he goes off to bang the chick his beeper goes off and he's like, I'm going to throw this in the bushes. And they go, let's go get naked. And
0: scene. It's
1: like, what the fuck was that?
0: Right. Like they
1: tried to throw. And the thing that made it sad is that the girls driving away, all sad, looking out the back window. Yeah. As candy girl comes up and puts (laughs) her arm around him (laughs) and says, I got a toothache. And he's like, cool. Let's bone. I'm like, she hasn't even turned the corner, bro. She could see you.
0: Yeah, She's right. Exactly.
1: Looking at you right now, <laughs> and you just took off.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it goes it goes perfect with, you know, um, the if we're comparing him to the guy from Strip Nude for Your Killer, it's like the same thing, right? Like yeah. he he's he's following the woman he, he, in that film. He's like following that chick around with the film yeah. camera, and he gets her in the sauna. Yeah, and then, and then like thirty and like thirty seconds later, he's with Edwidge, and you know they decide that they're gonna get together or whatever. Oh I my still god! I think
1: all of his sex appeal were those briefs that he oh. had on. The, yeah, 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 the yeah. green and pink plaid <laughs> kind of thing. That, that that was how he got all his action. But this movie, this fucking movie, dude, like let's throw as many shit jokes that aren't going to stick as many as we can into the last three minutes of this movie. And I was just like, this is God awful. And it sucks because it was
0: feel like you were watching like a love boat episode because it was like wrapping everything up at the end. And
1: well, it felt very love boat because of all the palm trees and leisure suits. I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah. It totally like that gave it a very love boat feel. Right. But, come on, like, and then he doesn't get his cop job back. Right. Like, this guy has completely thrown his life away, no motivation, no reason, after he just solved the biggest crime of Coronado's existence. <laughs> like, ah, the I
0: Phantom don't know the attic.
1: Yeah, the Phantom of the Attic, it's in the papers. <laughs> Everybody read it. Um, I, it's just like, I'm like, huh? Like, none of it makes any sense. I don't know why he quit his job. Right. And why he's going back into the hotel. I mean, I know why he's going back into the hotel. But what's he going to do? Did he say anything that was like, ah, I think I'm going to try out for minor league baseball? Like, did he have, like, any...
0: He never like, said anything like that. Yeah. he, he Jesus didn't, Christ. Uh,
1: so now he's going to be the creepy dude that hits on all the... He's going to be the beach dude that hits on all the ladies at the hotel.
0: I guess so, because, uh, well, you know, then they have to split time, because another dude... What happened with that other dude? Did he get...
1: He's the called? guy who's in the hospital. His yeah. car went off
0: cliff. Wait, that was the beach guy?
1: That was the beach guy. Uh, I must the,
0: have not been paying attention. He's maybe.
1: the dude in Greece who is, like, the guy who hosts the dance-off at the school dance and takes Cherry into the back and... Is yeah,
0: I'm not a big fucking big, grease
1: Dude you are a horrible um,
0: human being <laughs> I'm not a big fan of that fucking thing.
1: I'm not a fan
0: I have, I have like I guess I have bad associations With like an ex-girlfriend who loved to watch that And so like I just I stay away But
1: Okay I'll give you that one <laughs> I mean I can't watch Titanic anymore
0: Yeah Well, okay. Um, So trying to tie this into Giallo. Yeah, um, because
1: there were a lot of things that I thought worked
0: well. And we talked about a lot of them. Um, I think that, you know, from a historical standpoint, it's in a unique position. 1973, you're talking about three full years of Italian Giallo films. That have to be having some sort of influence on the rest of the world, especially well, I was from the filmmaking when, standpoint.
1: When did like I I know like Blood and Black Lace got over here and um, shit like that, but like when did like the onslaught of the movies start showing up over here and having double bills with shit and everything?
0: Well, I don't know. That's a good question. Like because you bring up a good point already. Like the idea that. In Italy, these films were out for a couple of years before they they made their way to to America.
1: But I know too that a lot of movies, a lot of the Jolly, were out here before they even were out in Italy.
0: Yeah, like, some some played of them everywhere. Right, some of them got some exported people. first, um, and then made their way to to Italy, and then some of them it was the other way around. But I, I just. I, I, the, the, it, it can't be a coincidence that when you watch this film, it's got so much like just—it's it, not anything specific, right? Especially from a story, story, plotline um, perspective, the the fact that they identified that Jason was the you know the wacko from pretty much the beginning of the film.
1: But the way they did it was weird because they make you think it's him. Right. And then they start showing you other people it could be. And then they're like, eh, fuck yeah, it, no, it's him.
0: It like, is weird. Yeah, no, you're right. Is, you bring up a good point.
1: There were so many bellhops. There were so many um, just other characters around that right. we met that had, like, a scene or two. And then we just never saw him again.
0: But, but that's why I think that if they had tweaked the, the script a bit and you know, made, you know, dedicated a little bit more of their energy to concealing Jason's identity Um, a little bit more. Like the fact that maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But, you know, the guy who is doing um, the stuff on the beach, you would start to suspect a little bit more. Like the beach, the, the weightlifter dude. Um, yeah. And maybe, um, maybe it's, the, you know, the detective himself, or maybe it's the hotel. Cause a lot of times the hotel owner or manager, he's like, you know, looking through the, the blinds with his binoculars and stuff. Yeah, so there, there
1: was a time when I thought it was him and I'm like, he's like, oh, you got to solve these things. Jesus Christ. Don't solve these things. I'm like, oh, <laughs> wait, is it him. Wait, no, I already saw Jason with a knife. Yeah. Like why am I even like considering it being somebody else? And then I'm like, am I supposed to be feeling this way? I'm like right. thinking that they're putting way too much in it. Cause like there's a part of me that's sitting here going, well, if they were to do it like that to where we didn't know it was Jason, I don't know if there would have been enough footage to show, right. unless you were doing like a POV of the killer, which they should have done.
0: Yeah. And they didn't do that. At they all. didn't
1: do that. But that would be the only way to do that. But I'm sitting here going, to these movies by 72, I'm sure we're out in America, and if yeah. you're in LA, I'm sure you're. There's like some shit theater that's showing these like third or fourth tier gore fests.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, you know? I don't know. I mean, I know that a lot of the it sounds. It seems like a lot of the Jolly that get exported ended up in New York City, because I know they talked about how Bird with the Crystal Plumage was in New York. Yeah. It was in New York theaters. But maybe it didn't make its way out to Hollywood. Maybe Hollywood was preoccupied with what Hollywood was doing, but...
1: But then I'm thinking, too, like, is this... It can't be a
0: coincidence.
1: Was MGM, like, this can't be, like, graphic or
0: nude or whatever? Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to download another copy of the the film to see if there was a a different edit of this, but... And the one you saw was
1: their nudity? Do you remember cussing? Do you no, remember? I
0: don't. I don't remember any nudity, and I don't. I yeah, it, it almost felt like a, a, a made for TV film, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But um, uh, what was I gonna say? Shit, I forget now. But Sorry, I mean, yeah, I fucking wrecked you. but but um, the character Mrs. Carradine, the old lady, the washed up uh, dancer. Yeah. I mean there are there are times where they almost hint at the fact that maybe she could be the killer but because we've already seen scenes where the killer from the neck down is dressed like a bellhop
1: I mean you've already seen his hair when he's looking through the top of the yeah that hole looking down at the front desk you see the back of his head and right. he's the only guy with blonde hair in this whole movie I think.
0: But like you like, know the you know the the scene where you know the scene in Bird with the crystal plumage in the beginning where the um, the killer is looking through the binoculars and kind of uh, taking pictures of the girl that that he that, that he she is about to um come, you know to to, uh, to to kill or stalk and yeah. then there's a scene where the killer's got the black gloves on and they open up this red velvet cloth and there's all these knives. Yeah. And they did the same thing with this. They I mean it was a little bit more like lower class. Like it was it was this bellhop and he had all of his knives inside of a, a white towel. But it was the same thing. Like it couldn't have been two completely different ideas that just happened to be the same idea. Like it's you know, and Bird with the Crystal Plumage at this point had been out for at least three years. So somebody was watching these these Jolly and um you know, it would be interesting to find out if this Richard uh, Bare, who wrote yeah. and directed the film, you know, if he had seen any any Italian. Um, what else
1: has he done? Nothing. His career um, begins, his career begins and ends with Wicked Wicked.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine?
1: <laughs>
0: I'm all alone. These people, all these people were doing TV stuff. Yeah, and that and that's why this film, yeah. Uh, So, so Dick Bear, his name, um, he did, he directed TV episodes um, starting in 1952 with a a TV show called Gangbusters. Mm. And he directed, uh, let's see anything I mean really old stuff Maverick um Twilight Zone he directed a bunch of episodes mm. um Petticoat Junction Green Acres and then he ended his career with Wicked Wicked and Faraday and Company a TV series like a I guess might be a mini series or something and that was it 1973 and he was done he was out so Still there? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm
1: just I'm just trying to picture him pitching the idea to people at MGM and then the next conversation where MGM's like you're never going to work in this town
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. It's like his career just comes to an abrupt end. <laughs> Maybe he
1: died, I don't know.
0: Um, on the trivia it says I got the idea. For <laughs> Vision. I got the idea for Duo Vision one day when I was driving down the highway from Newport to Los Angeles, looking at the white line. Richard Barr revealed in a nineteen seventy-three interview with the Oakland Tribune. I glanced from one side of the freeway to the other. I noticed how my mind was taking a picture over here and then another one over there. The idea stayed in Barr's head or Bear's Head, for two years before he decided to rewrite and reformat his unsold screenplay, The Squirrel, which ultimately became Wicked Wicked.
1: Oh, God. So that means there was like a song in it called The Squirrel Runs Up the Tree and Eats the
0: Nuts. Chestnuts, chestnuts, that's the chestnuts.
1: No, they're probably like, yeah, this, like, you could repackage this any way you want. We're not going to make it. Oh, I heard (laughs) your um, girlfriend is an aspiring singer.
0: (laughs) Yes. Put her in my film.
1: (laughs) And she could have some songs in the film, too. Hell, I even know this great band called Leaves of
0: Grass.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She could be the head, like, the front lady of it. That's
0: got to be a pot reference, right? I mean. cuz there's no such thing as leaves of grass like there's blades of grass yeah leaves of grass
1: or leaves yeah. of trees someone's like oh dude this is this we're going to blow people's minds with this <laughs> they're going to be like what oh wow man that's yeah. crazy oh yeah we we got them we got them
0: so, so let's make
1: right. sure we get a flute player to do the <laughs>
0: solos <laughs> It's like everybody looks like Santana. <laughs> oh. But, uh, but so so all right, at the end of the day, is this a film that you would watch ever again?
1: This is a movie I would watch again to show somebody what it's like to see something in duo vision. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and when would that example Ever come up in conversation? I don't know, man. Like,
1: like if I was like talking to someone, like, man, you know, I got two eyes, and when I close one, it looks over here, but then when I close the other one and open the other one, it's like an inch over. Oh, have you seen a film in Duo Vision? Have you ever seen what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, hold my beer, let me put on Wicked Wicked. What
0: In a, in a more semi realistic universe, you could be having a discussion with somebody who says, you know, I had this great idea to make a film where the whole film is like dual screen and you go, no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> and then you, you show this film to them and then you tell them how long it took to edit it. Um, <laughs> but I, I um, need to
1: go back and watch sisters because I haven't seen that in forever, but I don't remember the whole movie being like that.
0: Well, you know, it's really weird if we if we if if you if we spend a second here talking about Brian De Palma, um, I never really got into Brian De Palma's films. There was some
1: Carrie's amazing.
0: There's some kind of weird thing where I feel like people have accused him of being like a Hitchcock rip off. Rip Yeah, and I don't necessarily know if that means that I. Am going to like or not like his films, but for some reason,
1: well, Argento's a Hitchcock ripoff, and you love him, yeah, so
0: exactly, it shouldn't really be a thing. But I've always, um, I think I went to see a, a Brian De Palma film with uh, um, who was the guy in Con Air, uh, and Nick Cage, Nicholas Cage was in a Brian De Palma film. Uh, uh, in the 80s, or maybe even the 90s, and that it was sounds more
1: like 90s.
0: Broken Arrow, maybe was that a Brian De Palma film?
1: Was it Bringing Out the Dead?
0: No, Bringing Out the Dead was Scorsese. Was it?
1: Yeah. Holy shit. No, I don't know. Broken Arrow, huh?
0: Bringing Out the Dead was a 99 uh, film. Uh, I did see, uh, yeah, Martin Scorsese. But what was the, was it, um, I got to look it up now. Brian De Palma, N- Nick Cage, uh, da, 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 the Snake Eyes. That was the name of the film, Snake Eyes.
1: Um, okay. Yeah, and I
0: remember yeah. going to see it, and I remember thinking it wasn't really that great. Like I know. No. it wasn't. You know, but but if you look at Tarantino and they asked Tarantino to list his top five films of all time. And three of them were Brian De Palma films. So
1: what movies?
0: I don't remember. I got to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I just noticed that they were all De Palma films. So, uh, like, have you seen Carrie? Yeah, I think I did see Carrie. Yeah.
1: Carrie is classic and he does do the dual screen. Um, like at the, uh, on certain parts of that, and when that happens, it's fucking badass. Like, those are like my favorite parts of the whole movie. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, did you ever see a, an anthology film called Terror in the Isles? No. Um, it was out in the theaters for a little while, and I've seen it a bunch of times, and there's a lot of carry and. Dressed to Kill in it, um, but what for some saying? for some strange reason, it it was popular even though it wasn't a real movie. It was just a movie about horror movies. So, wow. And it was in the it came out in the 80s, I think. I'm trying to find this list. There was a there was a list that Tarantino recently put out of his favorite, you know, what he considers to be the top five all time movies. And there was at least two, if not three, <laughs> De Palma movies in there, but.
1: Rabbit notes,
0: coffee. You know, I I think, uh, I don't know how we got into the De Palma kick, but we were talking about whether or not, you know. Dual vision. At at the end of the day. Uh, Duo vision. Yeah. Do you like this movie? I guess is the other question. I don't know. Did you enjoy it more than you were critical of it? I guess.
1: I I feel like I didn't have the right way to watch this film. Because, again, I only had one speaker on my stereo when I turned yeah. <clears throat> So I kind of fucked myself at the beginning, but I corrected that pretty soon after. Okay. Um, and I enjoyed the um, process of watching it. But since we've been talking about it, it sounds way shitter
0: <laughs> yeah, than right. it
1: was when we watched I when I watched it. <laughs> Cause like when I was watching it, I'm like, wow, we've been watching some good stuff. Like this this is gonna be another show that's not gonna be very long because like we don't have anything bad to say about this. <laughs> and then I was thinking about it and I'm like, wait a second.
0: What the fuck was that? Yeah, we can always We can totally find ways to pick shit apart. I was just
1: like, huh? No, but um, I'm fucking glad I saw it. But again, like, this is a movie that you show somebody who has never heard of Duo Vision. Just like if you still have the scratch and sniff card from Polyester, like, you would say, (laughs) oh, sit down. Wait, wait for this. Let me get my scratch and sniff card (laughs) so you could watch polyester. And when the numbers come up, you scratch it and smell it. So you could smell what the characters in the movie are smelling, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like whenever something's called something vision.
0: Yeah, yeah, right.
1: Like it's something to experience and then share that way. So, but, like, if this movie, like, obviously, like, when he's like, yeah, you know, th- no one wanted to make this movie when it was called Squirrels.
0: No shit. <laughs>
1: like, it's not good. Oh, but now I have a gimmick. Right. we'll sell the gimmick. It's like William Castle and Speed, you know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. So I, I could show this to somebody who would want to see that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I remember there was, I remember seeing a trailer for something. Did you ever see, so first, I just mentioned that Terror in the Isles, but there was another um, anthology uh, movie that was just trailers called Mad Ron's Previews from Hell.
1: Previews from Hell, I have, yeah.
0: Yeah, and there was a film in there where I think, I think it was in this one, where there was some sort of tactical, or not tactical, tactile element to the movie like this the seat itself would do things
1: yeah and... that's like william castle shit like he yeah, would yeah put, okay like on the tingler like he would put yeah yeah electrical yeah. currents into the seats right so in the scene where the tingler gets loose in the movie theater and then vincent price turns and looks at like breaks the fourth wall and says the tingler's loose somewhere in the theater." And then it's like, zzz, 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 and then people start fucking screaming and throwing popcorn and having heart attacks and shit.
0: Right, like, right, right.
1: That's, that's awesome shit. Like, that's the kind of carny shit that makes me love low-budget shit. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, sure. But,
0: Well, there was some yeah. dude on, I, I think it was on Howard Stern, who said that he made a movie where they subconsciously hypnotize the audience. And so then various things that happen on the film, when you're watching it, actually you feel them yourself because you've already been hypnotized and suggested. So if, like, if, there's, a, if there's a love scene or a sex scene, like you, you've been hypnotized to be part of that experience.
1: And Who the fuck are you talking about right now?
0: Uh, I don't know. I forget what the guy's name was, but he made a, he made a movie where he hypnotized the audience.
1: Like, is this an old timey dude?
0: No, I would say within the last like 15 years. Maybe. Oh
1: my God.
0: I have to look it up now.
1: <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah. Cause like that whole hypnosis thing, like it only works if like you're already wanting it to work. Right. But, like, if, like, you hypnotize someone to, like, want to start killing people in the theater, that's fucking a bad gig.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
1: Was it just for the sex scenes? So you have all these dudes in the theater, like, popping off in their pants and, like, I, all, oh, God, uh, I got to go clean up.
0: Uh, I don't know. Oh, wait, let's see. Maybe is That's ridiculous. Did I find it? Maybe I found it. Let's see. Scott Schmieren, what's the guy's name? He's one of these guys. See, I mean, on the Stern show, they would just... He's
1: he's probably related to Pat.
0: They would have him come in and hypnotize people in the staff and then make them do weird stuff, and then you didn't know whether they were just putting it on or they were really doing it, but... Uh, um, Anyway, okay, so let me get back to... Yeah, what get, I
1: was th- get, get back to whatever the fuck is happening
0: here what, what I what I was thinking about while we were talking about this, I mean, uh, this is a discussion that we've had for for uh, over an hour about a film that is very hard to obtain and nobody has seen. So <laughs> I'm kind of I'm feeling guilty about this and I'm on the fence with kind of sharing the link to my google drive so that people can actually get a copy of this thing and watch it um because i don't know what kind of laws i might be breaking um or how much i may be exposing my privacy by doing it you know what i mean like yeah yeah don't do that i don't know like i really would love for everybody in our group you know and it's a private group but then again, it's not like I'm screening people. I'm not putting them through some sort yeah. of you know five levels of authorization test. You're gonna have
1: like them. some chick show up at your house with like a dead cat. Yeah. It'll be raining well, outside. What She'll does she look like? Is she
0: hot? Her, I mean, I'll no look, your makeup's it's
1: like running down her face. She's uh, holding a dead I said she was holding a dead cat and you're asking if she's hot.
0: You're well, ridiculous. She can leave the cat outside, it's fine. Oh my gosh,
1: she's got fleas. <laughs> and she, she tastes like Old Bay.
0: She take, yeah. Well, that would, that would be like, come on in. I got a bag of hers chips for you. <laughs> Bring it all back. Oh search, my god. Uh, okay. Shit, what was I gonna say? I can't remember now. No, um, but
1: like, yeah, we would like people to be able to like experience this in the group. Like, I want, like, I think people in the group would fucking love this movie. Right. right. But like, am I gonna say? Hey mom, have you ever seen anything in Duo Vision?
0: <laughs> like, I'm never gonna have that conversation. Well, I mean, here's oh. the thing: I can tell you for sure that if you have a Cinemageddon account, um, and I don't know that everybody that listens to this does, but if you do, you can get someone a someone on this sure.
1: podcast doesn't.
0: Um I've been keeping mine up, my ratio is in, in great shape right now. If I go to uh Pirate Bay for example, I can't find it uh on there. Most of and that's partly because of the fact that the 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 title is very um generic and yeah. there's a lot of wicked things that come up in Pirate Bay, most of them are porn. <laughs> uh so uh
1: Dude, seriously, like, Pirate Bay is so shit right now. Yeah. Like, I have the hardest time finding anything on there.
0: Yeah, it's hard. And then there's this, uh, where's bulletin board? I don't know if you've ever been there. No. W-A-R-E-Z-B-B. Um, it's basically a message board, uh, for people who post links to videos that are hosted on file sharing places instead of it being a bit torrent it's something else but if i even go there and look for wicked wicked i'm not going to find it um so again it's a dilemma i want everybody in the audience or all, all of our all of our people that listen to us i want them <laughs> to see this film just so they can relate to our discussion but um it's it's going to be you're going to have to do some work to find it um if you want to shell out 15 bucks for it, I, you can get a copy of the DVD. It's on Amazon. Um it would be great if one of these services uh had it um to where you could watch it through Prime Video or through Hulu or some crazy well, I don't know channel. If, I don't
1: know if Prime or Hulu have the like technical capabilities to be able to pull off something like duo. vision.
0: duo vision, vision. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: It'll it'll crash all the servers, launch missiles to North Korea and stuff.
0: <laughs> but the other thing is, um, you know, if Brian uh, Bonner is listening to our podcast, the guy who runs um, Jalo Realm on YouTube. Oh. He could he could obtain a copy and upload it to YouTube. He'd probably get his whole channel taken down because it's MGM and um, they don't fuck around. Probably. Yeah, you Um, might
1: not want to do that now that we're thinking about it more. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Because this is like you know a Hollywood studio film as as much as no one's ever heard of it. You know, it's probably got all that all of that legalese attached to it. So.
1: This was probably the last time MGM was like. Let's do something with a gimmick, and then it was like this nearly. I mean, it was only a million and a half bucks, so probably no one even realized it happened. But, um, yeah, I think the uh, mushroom cloud wasn't just the bomb about the sex, (laughs) exactly. I don't know how well this movie did in the theaters.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I, I, th- I think just to bring it back to where this all started, when we did um, the week uh, Weekend Murders.
1: Which was um,
0: excellent. Which was a thousand times better than this.
1: thousand um, million times better than when
0: this. When we did the Weekend Murders, I just got that same vibe because it was an MGM thing and maybe it was just simply that they were from the same year and that the films both films opened with the lion roaring. Maybe that was all I needed in order to say... Hey, let's put these two together. Um, (laughs) But um, so again, uh, uh, we're belaboring the point here, but uh, for the people listening, at this point, if you've gotten this far and you still haven't decided whether you want to watch it or not, there isn't anything else that we can tell you. There's no more that we can do to convince you to search for this thing. Um, Just
1: fuck off is what Chris is trying to say.
0: (laughs) No, you know it's you know what it is. It's just this unresolved kind of guilt that I have right now. That you know we've spent a lot of time talking about a film that you know it's we don't know how many people are likely to to actually. Well, I mean,
1: we have a podcast that is a very small, like narrow field, and then we are we're doing a movie that has like even a smaller narrow audience.
0: Yeah, it's not. So it's
1: like like what did we just do? Did we just waste three hours of our lives for nothing?
0: No, well there's no such thing as as wasting wasting your life
1: or time. No. There there is duo vision. (laughs)
0: So we you know what we should do is we should do the podcast again and talk about stuff in a completely different like order, and then I'll add it both together, and then I'll pan this podcast to the left channel and i'll pan the second one to the right channel and then we can have a duo vision podcast and you or can decide which we one could to just listen to do
1: our skype call and do it on zoom or something and our pictures <laughs> will be next to each other <laughs> and then we don't have to fucking do anything <laughs> we could just post that on youtube and then the podcast is in duo vision
0: yes because
1: like i don't want anyone spending 32 weeks editing this podcast
0: No, no, this is going to be an easy one to edit. I'm just going to have like three little spots where we we add that uh, Cat of Nine Tails Segway theme music. Um, And that's it.
1: I mean, honestly, it's hotter than the pubes and <laughs> Rick Stewart's pants right now. I'm burning mouth. up. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm going to have to call it.
0: No, I think you should. And the only thing I was going to say is I think you should, I think you've earned the right to pick the next film for sure. Uh, we were talking about Hatchet for the oh, Honeymoon. We were talking about I Death really Curd th- last night.
1: Yeah, I really want to do that. Let's just go through. Like the rest of 1970, okay. Like movies we haven't done. I think that'd be fantastic. So, like, is it Death occurred last night? Is that the first one, or is it Hatchet?
0: Do you want to go alphabetical, or do you want to go chronological, 1970?
1: Let's go chronological. All
0: right. As so that I'd one. have to. I let me look it up then, because the okay. one that, the list that I'm looking at does it alphabetically by all the films in 1970. So. Let's look at the very first, you know, January, February list of films, okay. and I'll pick out the next one that's in the list. It may be Hatchet for the Honeymoon. So this was unique and interesting and fun uh, for yeah. what it was. And uh, it, it, you you have brought up this amazing point, and I don't want to keep you much longer, but the idea that v- the worse the movie is, the more time we spend talking about it, which is really funny. <laughs> I mean, we did talk, a, we, we did a lot on Eyeball, but that was because we did scene by scene. Yeah. Um, but we ran out of things to say with The Weekend Murders because we liked it so much.
1: So. I think, too, because we didn't do scene by scene. Like, right. I think we need to do scene by scene.
0: Okay. Because this
1: one, we were all over the place. Like, I don't even know how someone would be able to follow what the fuck we were talking about on this.
0: Yeah, because I announced it and then two seconds later we're talking about the scene where she's singing. You know, she's on stage. So we didn't even introduce the film. But anyway, that's the way we work. We like to do it. It's chaos. You can actually contact us. I have an email address set up. It's Jallo Chow Chow. It's G-I-A-L-L-O-C-I-A-O-C-I-A-O at gmail.com. If you feel like sending us an email about anything you wanted us to talk on the podcast, ask us questions, or whatever, you can send an email to that address. Otherwise, we have a Facebook group, Jalo Chow Chow, sign up for it, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you, sir, Matt, and we'll see you uh, next time on the show. Okay.
1: Chow Chow, everybody.
0: What the fuck, man?
1: That was the longest way to say what you needed to say. That was fucking crazy.
0: I've had too much whiskey. What's going on? I can't stop talking.
1: Holy shit. Go
0: turn your fan on.
1: That was just like, I'm like, do I stop him? Do I I let him just keep going?
0: Jesus Christ, man. I wasn't doing (laughs) it. You <laughs> got like diarrhea
1: bob oh. <laughs> oh, was fucking hysterical. That was that was classic.